When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Everybody, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode one hundred. We are milestoning it. I love it. I can't believe we got into this number. Um, before I uh, before I introduce you guys to the panel, you guys know who who, who my compadres are. Anyway, I just want to thank everybody uh, for listening. Um, you know, many of you guys have heard all one hundred episodes. We really appreciate that. And um, some of you were just coming on recently, and we also appreciate that. So, uh, not you know, we also appreciate all the uh, financial contributors on at patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast um, website. Uh, go there, donate a buck, help us, uh, you know, cut the costs of operating, cut our operating costs. Well, I'm really starting off really well today, <laughs> and um, uh, we, we just can't thank. A lot of crunching going on. Sorry, M&M's. My apologies. <laughs> but thank you, everybody. <laughs> uh, we might as well just get get uh, this over with. Uh, introduce you to the board, a, a panel. I'm sorry. Uh, Rob, how are we doing over in the UK? I'm good. I've got a uh, family over this weekend, but I'm taking a small hour break to do this show, as usual. It's uh, I, I just can't believe that I never thought we'd have like ten listeners listeners a week. Never mind about five thousand listens like a week on iTunes. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, it's amazing. Court, how are we doing? I am good. My daughter is um, she's being a little poop. She's she's taking forever to get down for a nap. She's just rolling around. She's fighting everything. Yeah. But uh, I'm good. Good. 
Just I'm think, focused. I'm focused. Think it's going to get better. Oh, eventually, you know, eventually <laughs> she'll tell me that she hates me and she doesn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait till it's a teenage years. And then my wife's going to do the same and I'll be all by myself. <laughs> uh, I'll have you move. I'll have you move to Boston before then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably the, the plan. Um, and it wouldn't be the hundredth show without me cutting out on Skype yet again. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. right. There you go. Did you just cut out? Yeah, you did. Oh, Rob. It's but, it's because you were so distraught after that huge preseason loss. Cause, you know, it meant so much. Yeah, we are That's not. Static. Yeah, wicked static. Um, wicked, wicked static. Hello. Wicked. Hello. There we go. Rob's back. We are recording on September 30th, and we are just days away from the NHL season starting on Wednesday night as the Bruins face the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals um, in Washington. It should be a a good game, and hopefully the Bruins are ready for it. Um, Let's talk about the preseason. Uh, Last week, there were three games. They played Monday, September 24th. Uh, They beat... The Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, three preseason games. Yep, three preseason games. They yeah. beat the Flyers on Monday, four to three. They beat the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday on Wednesday. Um, Oof. Yeah, I know. In overtime. Have a drink or something. I know. I should have. Um, mm-hmm. And they lost, and pretty much the whole fan base jumped the cliff on Saturday. Uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers when they lost four to one, so that wraps up the preseason for uh, 2018, and we are moving on to the regular season. Like I said, that starts on Wednesday. Two games next week: one Wednesday, Washington, and one at Buffalo on Thursday. So nice way to start the year with a back-to-back. Big is he fun. there, or is he just... I, I think I'm screen. back. No, you're back. I can hear you. Yeah, I had to, like, run downstairs and be directly next to my router because something's not going right. right. Router? Yeah. Okay, sure. It, we'll we'll it, let that one spelt, go. Spelt All root. I hear is tick, 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 tick. What, can you guys not hear me? Well, we, no, we, we're just hearing a tick, like some, like a phone's next to uh, um, a microphone. It's going on. Oh. Nope. Oh, wow. So, this is exciting. Episode 100 is kicking off to be really good. What? It's so, like we're like Bruins beat from back in the day. Oof. So, am I okay Whoa. now? Yeah, you you're, you're good now. Okay. So, I don't know what's going on. Very excited for the year to have uh, the new 2018-19 season to kick off on Wednesday. Um, we have a couple topics we're going to touch on. Um, we did have, we do have Josh Bemis back um, on the second hour of prospect talk, so we're pumped to have that him back and um, going to be going weekly with him. So I know a lot of people have been asking about that. So um, let's uh, touch on some uh, topics, obviously. The big one right now is Tory Krug getting hurt in yesterday's game, um, and it seems to be the same ankle that he had surgery on, and he was seen leaving in a walking boot. Um, precautionary or uh, too soon to be too concerned? I think it's just 
precaution. I think they'd have said something straight after the game if it was if it looked like it was something bad. I'm hoping it's just precautionary. Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, supposedly, from what I'm reading all over Twitter, is um, he, he's been limping, right? So I'm more on the, the frustration camp on the, if he was limping, if he was supposedly, um, you know, still recovering from injuries, why the hell was he playing? Yeah, yeah. especially in a preseason game. Like, they, to everybody in the world that thought the world was going to end after losing 4-1 in a preseason hockey game, um, they don't mean anything. They'll never mean anything. And the players don't try as much as you would think. And half the time, and you could see it in the third period, they don't try at all. Like, I don't know, besides Anders Bjork last night, I, I don't see anybody really giving their effort. So, I don't know. Why was he playing in a meaningless hockey game? There was no reason for him to play in that game. I, I, people will say, oh, he needed to get out there with the guys. No, he doesn't. He's Tory Krug. He's playing the league long enough. He can just just practice. He's fine. Like, he's getting his legs on the ice and practice. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Certain guys who are injury prone or recovering from an injury, why the hell are they playing unless they're 100%? Yeah, definitely. Well, they let Bergeron say it out, so I don't see why they play Krug. If he had also had an injury, I don't know. I'm just just throwing it out there. Yeah. It, it could have been. Well, they, they say it was Bergeron's decision, right? Bergeron yeah. chose not to play. Um, but I don't. I don't think. I think he wanted wanted to, and I think his his coaching staff told him not to. I think they probably were like, "Oh, well, it's no big deal." But a friend of the show, Rhonda, said to me yesterday. She was like, "You know, the one thing you got to watch out for is the guys on the other team that have nothing to lose that are going to go out there and try and injure people." Yeah, and sometimes that's what they think gets them a job. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you've seen uh, it in the Prospects Challenge. Like, there were some horrible injuries during that. So, I'm just so confused why he was playing. After yeah. reading those those rumors that he was he was showing showing signs that something was wrong with his foot already before the game, uh, it just pisses me off. Is what it is. Not much you can do about it. Well, but it opens the door to what obviously we're we're about to talk about is Zach and I. Yeah, absolutely. And and a, a player that I thought over the summer, um, uh, he was a uh, first round pick last last year, and over the summer festivities that the Bruins held at the Warrior Ice Arena, I, I that I've attended, uh, a fluid skater, uh, very intelligent player. Uh, good passer. I mean, he's 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 really got it all. But obviously, at his age, it's it's a work in progress. Um, but with an injury to Krug, I mean, this almost seems like this is his his uh, coming out party to 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 break into the NHL, it, which might be short term. Or if he really comes out and plays really well, I don't know what's going to happen to uh, other players that are in the roster. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I like what I see, but I just don't want somebody like him to be inserted too early. That's just my thought. Yeah, I just felt like, like you just read Rob's notes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just think 
it causes more problems than it solves if he stays this season anyway. Um, they're going in with seven NHL-ready and proven defensemen. Um, even if Krug's out, that makes six that can play. Um, and I, I get it, maybe like letting play his games until he's waiver eligible <laughs> and just send him down before that. But if he stays, one of the defensemen has to go because you can't carry eight during the season. No, that's one of the reasons why they get rid of McQuaid and, and, and just shed a little bit of salary cap. Yeah, and like you can't waive a guy like Grizzlick and not expect him to get picked up. So No, that's that's why you trade his butt. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's oh, whether... Everybody's going to hate me, but he's not that good. Yeah, but it's whether teams will actually take him or whether teams will just think, right, say no now and hope that they waive him and get him for free. If if some of the fanboys is correct, he's the second coming of Tory Crew. He should be able to net us a first round draft pick for their crazy minds. Yeah, but that's only uh, the Bruins. I, I, think, I know he's not. No, no, no. I understand that. I think Bakaninen was probably one of the best defensemen in the preseason. But once again, it is the preseason. Um, as Cassie said after the game, we, you look great out there. But what what is it going to look like in an NHL game? Maybe throw him out there the first game because if Krug's hurt. Back and nine and plays on Wednesday. Grizz is hurt. Let let Grizz recover. Make sure he's a hundred percent before he comes back. Back and nine yeah. and plays on Wednesday. See how he plays in his first game against the defending Stanley Cup champions, and go from there. But and throw him in if, deep. Like yeah, let him let him play. The, let him play. play the second. Like let him play all of Tory Krug's minutes. Well, I I wouldn't go that far. That's but then no, again, I would because that's you know. What? If, if, if McAvoy continues his um, dumpster fire of play, then, then it makes sense. Yeah. Bakaninen was one of the best defensemen in all of preseason. Yeah. Him and Carlo, I think. Yeah, they played fantastic. So I, I can't – I he wasn't on my radar until I watched him a couple times this year, and I was like, wow, he's ready. I, I don't know. I'm on the hype train. I think the kid's ready. There's certain things, defensemen, I, I think, can they come in and they can be uh, – I don't know if you can hold this kid back. And if you got to trade someone, you know, try and trade Grizz and see what happens. I'm sure you can get yeah. something for him. Oh, yeah. But I've seen so many people saying, why well, like, this is a time to trade Tory Krug. No, nah, he's a draft. Um, trade him at the draft. Yeah, but even then, like, if Chara leaves next season, that leaves your left side as, like, probably John Moore is going to play the top line next year. If they don't yeah. pick someone up in free agency, it could be Vakaninen. Uh, yeah, but, the future is Vakaninen and, and McAvoy. That's the yeah. future. Vakavoy. McAvoy. McAvoy. <laughs> I said Vakavoy. That's the uh, pairing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got Sorry, it. Sorry, I was a little slow there. Or McAvoyan. I like that better. Oh. It sounds like it's like a like a, 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 a guy from like Die Hard, one of the bad guys. Yeah, true. <laughs> 100 episodes but, anyway, busting out the awesome freaking uh, nicknames. I like yeah. that one, though. That's yeah. a good one. I mean, Dark Quaid is gone, so you have to have oh, no, no, someone no. on the decor with... He, he doesn't play the team anymore. He's like Voldemort. We just don't even say his name. Oh, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, There's no one else on that decor with a nickname, so... It's got to be... As I say, uh, Yurho is just the guy with the very last long lane. <laughs> 
He's a long name guy. His last name guy. It's huge. And now yeah. I can't talk. Wow. It's like Mark like went into my body. It's not as bad as um Thanks, bud. what's his name? Uh Forsbacker Carlson on his jersey. Yeah. Yeah, Forsbacker hardly knew yet. But it's like <laughs> I don't know. I it was funny. I, I posted a poll not too long ago asking this to a bunch of people and everybody was like, No, 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 no. Like two weeks later they're all like, Oh, this guy's great and I'm just like, Thanks for catching up. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Ian Kelly. Yeah, that's right. Just throwing that right in your face. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Feisty today after the stupidity I saw on the social media yesterday. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh, crap. It was a preseason hockey game. Uh, well, you know what? They play like that crap on Washington? Sure. Dump. Yeah. But after a preseason, people were honestly acting like it was an opening night game last night. Right. Like this but game. back-to-back nine and I want them in. Like Stanley Cup dreams are based yeah. on preseason games. Oh, for sure. Um, Didn't Colorado like not lose a game last year in the preseason, and yeah. they suck. Yeah. Seriously, they were the worst team in the league. Um, um, I don't know. What do you? Th- I know Rob's on the Rob. You originally in your notes, I air quoted when I said the notes thing. Um, you wanted him to go to Providence, no? Yeah, I just think if he goes down there, plays the top line, plays the power play, plays the penalty kill, like let the guy. Like my thing is. Everyone has this thing where they look at another team's prospects and go, oh, maybe if that guy had more time in the minors and blah, blah, blah. But you never see them say it with their own team. And I think I just think if he plays top minutes for Providence and gets used to everything, because you've got to realize this is his first time over on American Ice. So I think if he plays more down in Providence, and like you said, if a guy goes at the trade deadline or at the draft even like that guy's ready next year no they have to make room for him next year like yeah, they have as much to. as uh, a friend of the show jesse loves his grizz i think he's gonna get over when that when grizz is no longer a boston bruin yeah i i just look at the roster now and they don't as much as everybody's like trade krug trade krug the only option right now is you know seth jones did go down in columbus for for a long period of time that i'm i'm still in shock that no one has written that article there's yeah. finally a piece for Krug to actually go to Columbus. Because um, it makes no sense. Bothered. No one, yeah. I, you know, talking to you, Brandon, share going. But even, even like... Uh... Or Colin. Colin, Jesus. You write so many <laughs> Rask articles. How about the trade Tory Krug to Columbus now that Seth Jones is down? But you, you've got teams out there that are dying for power play specialists and guys who can move the puck and blah, blah, blah. Send Chris to a place like that. I mean... Look at um, the trade with Ottawa last year for Matt Duchesne. Um, what was the guy's name? Samuel Gerard, who went to Columbus. They needed a puck-moving defense. Uh, yeah, oh. to Colorado, sorry. Uh, they needed a puck-moving defenseman who can play on the power play. Similar player to Grizzly, and that was enough plus some other stuff to get a guy like Matt Duchesne. So I'd cash in on that in an instant. Yeah, I, I, I sell it, you know, get rid of him while he's high value. Because I really, I just, I just don't see it. I watched him live how many times last year? Six times. And never once was I was like, wow. I just don't know what everybody sees. I guess I'm blind. Uh, I don't get it. And I just think Vakaninen is better in most ways than he is. He's a lot calmer in his own end. In all ways. Uh, yeah. And I just think he moves the puck better. He's better on the power play. 
from what we've seen. Uh, I just I just think he's moved above him, and I didn't think that had happened this preseason. Like I didn't think we'd see guys jump up the depth chart so quickly, but there's quite a few guys out there that have. And I think the whole depth chart has changed compared to what it was a month ago. Well, it tells you it tells you a lot when Cassidy played back and iron on the power play yesterday. Yeah, I definitely. I, and and he played a, well. He played well on the power play. Yeah, didn't he get the assist on yep. Pasternak's goal? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, it was. Um, sorry, it yeah, wasn't Pasternak's. Yeah, yeah. James Donato got the goal. Donato, right? yeah, in front. Mm-hmm. Well, Should we get into how bad Donato and Heinen played? I already got, I got him on the list after the next, after the next topic. Uh, I know we, we touched a little bit on um, Anders Bjork, but... Um, Love that kid. Yeah, where do you guys see him playing, though? I know we... He, I mean, he definitely looks like he's gotten stronger in puck battles along the boards. I know we mentioned it uh, with Josh uh, later on, but um, he looks like a complete different player. Even though he didn't get on the score sheet, which everybody was upset about, and I know it's preseason, but there's other parts of his game that he did improve on from what I saw last season. I honestly want him either on that second line right wing with um, Krejci or on the third line right wing. I, I don't think you put him on the top line, but I think uh, that that third line or second line is a good spot for him to go in. And he had so much, like, he looked like he wanted to prove himself all over again this preseason. He, hopefully, is the reason they don't sign Lee Stampiak. Because, to me, he played fantastic for his one game. I I said to someone else, he was the only guy that looked like he was trying last night, except back in Ina, maybe. I, I saw minimal effort. Um, Marshan was more concerned to trying to punch people in the face and, and, uh, Pasta looked like he was more concerned with dangling the puck instead of shooting it. But I really like Bjork in the top six, whether it's on the first line and put Pasta on the second or him on the second line. But, uh, and I believe Bergeron's mentioned it before. Bergeron liked him on their line. Yeah, definitely. So to have two good lines, cause you know me, I want the two good lines. Um, it would be awesome, but I think he deserves to be in the top six. Yeah, if he continues to look like this, he he deserves to be in the top six. He's outplayed Heinen all like I think Heinen's played what three, four games this preseason. In that one game, Bjork's outplayed him for that Donato. line spot. I haven't been impressed yeah. with Donato at all. Um, and I, I just think he put them them two on the third line with David Backus. Cassidy went out of his way to make an make a, a comment about the play of Donato and Heinen. Yeah, yep, yeah. He uh, definitely said something about um, you know they they got to step up and and McAvoy and McAvoy all oh, three yeah. of them all all second year players are currently right now that are projected to be on the NHL roster. He called them out and just said, listen, you know, basically, yeah, you guys had great years next year, but you know it's got to transition into the second year play as well you know the sophomore uh, slump is always you know hanging over everybody's head in the nhl in the second year in the league so you know he really he really came out and mentioned that that they have to be better um and you know he had a lot of good things to say about certain people but uh, you know it's preseason I, I just they do have enough time to get together and 
you know, they got a week. They got, they got Wednesday. 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 So the way you, you got to look at it, like, like when I was saying the comment of, of JFK, there's a lot of kids all the same age on this roster, and there's not enough spots. They need to show they want to be there, like Anders Bjork did. Anders Bjork was playing like it was an NHL game last night. Vakanainen has been playing like every game is an NHL game. Carlo has been playing like every game is an NHL game. Dan Heinen and Ted and, and Ryan Donato, geez, Ted, um, they, to me, have been playing like it's preseason. Yeah. And add McAvoy to that list. Oh, yeah. He's been, like, maybe he needs to get the pounds back on. Like, what, what is this? He loses weight and he's I just didn't terrible. like, he's, I didn't like the he whole, like, he trying literally... to handle the puck in his own mm-hmm. end instead of just firing it up to the guy that's wide open. He, he literally cost two goals last night. Tuka should have definitely... One of them was... Oof, it was it was a woof. But uh, two of them were on McAvoy. Like, it was nobody's business. Like, he just hung his whole team out to dry. But, but again, it's also can, Yeah, you can add rest to that, the type of guys that aren't playing it like it's an NHL game. Oh, 100%. I mean, he looked like the, he was barely trying. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of players that you could roll off that aren't playing like it's... An NHL game because they think because they get big money that defined for the season. Well, we're not talking about contracts, but, but still, Marshawn played one good game in China. He's been terrible. Pasta's played all right, but he's more like a period here, a period there. Because like last game, the Bruins were the ugliest thing I've ever seen in the first period, and then they were okay in the second, and then they were invisible in the third. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, Marshan doesn't keep this up into the regular season. Or oh, I don't. It just seemed he was just I, honestly. There was people to can the pot instead of uh, contributing. Yeah, there was. To be fair, that must have been frustrating for him because that guy like hooked him for a good what uh, but twenty he's seconds. He's got to get over it. Yeah, but I can understand the frustration when it's preseason and you're not wanting to get hurt, and a guy is like basically slashes you in the stomach hooks you for 20 seconds and then tries a little slew foot and everything. Like, I, I can understand players getting frustrated, but Marchand is so under the microscope that he needs to stay away from stuff like that. I am going to reserve judgment on certain players, mainly the veterans, until after Wednesday's game, just solely based on the effort, or sorry, the zero oh effort I sought in in the preseason like zero and i don't it, it's funny i talked i was watching the game with my dad last night and i started getting into it and getting a little feisty and my dad looks at me and he goes what do you think you think they care you think they're trying this is preseason he goes and it's not just preseason it's the last game of the preseason he was the first one to say to me as soon as crew got hurt he was like why was he even playing in this game right <clears throat> solid solid uh valid point but my dad told me when they played preseason they did not try they weren't giving 100 percent effort you don't see people blocking shots in the preseason. Plus, you've got so many kids out there on the other teams that are going there to try and make a name for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's there was there was a one block shot by Carlo where I was shouting at my phone like, "Are you crazy? Like, what are you doing?" The guy, but he's trying like, to get back into game shape, yeah. right? He took like the guy took like a good three second wind up for the slap shot, and I was like, "Don't even go into the lane." And then all of a sudden you just see Carlo like chuck his leg in the way. And I'm like, no, <laughs> please. 
I, I think I'm getting the whole like um, Adam McQuaid syndrome oh, with Carlo, like really getting scared for him because he just goes headfirst into things. Well, that's it's just good segue. I mean, I I like the idea of Carlo getting back and healthy, but my biggest thing about his addition to the team is is the way he plays on the penalty kill and how valuable that was uh, that was missed. Uh, especially in the playoffs, to to you know to end the season, I think that if he, he was on the ice a lot more. I don't think that the definitely don't think that the Toronto series would end up the same. And and maybe not. I'm not saying that the one individual player could change the uh, the Tampa Bay series, but you know the costly penalties really made that series uh, a one-sided, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's it's also a mix of how well he plays with Chara. Yeah. Because they're always the same pair when it comes to penalty killing. It's always Chara and him. And I just think Chara manages the front of the net so well and just uses his reach, stays in the same zone all the time. But Carlo is so good at just roving around the back of the net, clearing guys out from the boards, getting the puck loose. Like, that's what he does best. And if you haven't got a guy like that, and especially with a guy like Adam McQuaid going, um, you're going to struggle. So that he needs to stay healthy this season. Yes. I, I 100% agree with both of you on Brandon Carlo. I've always Don't been on his that. train. I, I'm sorry. It's just his defensive game is so good. Like, I think it's because he doesn't score. The reason people dump on him because... Boston's been spoiled. They've had Bobby Orr and Ray Bork. So anytime they get a defenseman, if they're not those two, then they suck. Right, and then you go out and trade for Thomas Cavalier, and he doesn't do anything, but... He sucked. Get an assist and, and take a ring. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him, though. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> to be fair, so, we got Rask for nothing, so don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew Raycroft going the other way. Oh, man. Yeah. So, it's just, I don't know. I, I really think Carlo's absence will, was felt, and uh, I I am not worried about going into the season. The, everybody is calling for the Bruins to be third or second in the division, and I think that's where they're going to clearly land. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. For for me, in, in the in the evaluations of what I saw in preseason and what I saw last season. In the 2017-18 season, I I I I am not gonna do what I did last year, court. You know, real me, and if I do, but I am not gonna. What be a be an asshat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you were like you thought like everything, the sky was falling, and I then did, I wrote I my did. one article of the year telling everybody to calm. I did, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden November came around, a doubleheader against Toronto, and then bam! I mean. You, you made it to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, um, I, I hope that is consistent. I hope they do that again, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to jump off. Well, no, we don't want, if they, if they all start fall, failing at the beginning of the year, people are going to lose their mind again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Not me this time. I'm going to be calm and wait. Yeah. But the best thing about last season is they started mixing it up a little bit. And I think that's when everyone got really worried was oh. when, Players were failing, but they were getting moved around on the lines. Like you yeah, saw guys were being decimated. Yeah, and the the lineups changed like three, four times in the space of maybe a week, 
and everyone was panicking, going, "Oh, what, what? Why is this guy playing here? And why is this guy like my favorite player is no longer playing on line two? He's playing on line four, and blah blah." blah. But then it worked, and I think you just have to give Cassidy that time. I think he knows, like he knows all the guys from from Providence, maybe except for the brand new ones that haven't been around for years, but. He's just done a good, such a good job of knowing where players can change the game, what position they need to be in. Should they be playing centre? Should they be playing on the wing? Like you see, so many teams where look at like uh, look at Montreal for example. Yeah. For, for people saying this guy should be playing centre, this guy should be on the wing. This it, just trust in the coaching system. That's the main thing you have to do when it comes to a team like this. Especially if you want to see see the team grow, trust in the coaching system. Well, yeah, I, I gotta be honest. He's the only one who knows anything, and we all don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe biased, but it's true. Uh, you know, speaking of who plays where, I mean, uh, you know, Rob brought on a good topic for the agenda today. And uh, you know, where does David Backus play? Does he stay on the wing, or does he move to to a center position? Because we don't really know what's going on with with that third line center right now, and it doesn't seem like any of the kids have um, really secured that position. Yeah, and I, the reason why I think that David Becker should play third line center is everyone keeps saying about this: oh, he's not got the legs, he can't last, he, he goal, he runs out of air, blah 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 blah. The guy was playing with half a call on last year went through surgery and came back faster than anyone could ever think he would have. The guy is a machine. Like, just put him in and watch him work. He's the best defensive option for a centre position on the third line. He wins more face-offs than any of the prospects that have come up. I mean, you look at it the other night, Frederick won a couple uh, in the offensive zone, couldn't win any in the defensive zone, Jacob Forsbacker Carlson couldn't win a face-off to save his life the other night. But when David Backus was called on to win those defensive draws and offensive draws, he did. He lost two out of, I think it was nine. I mean, I, I'd put that guy in. I don't like the whole rotating the guy off the face-off. I don't like the guy who plays right wing, takes a face-off, and then rotates back. I, I just think you leave him at centre. I know it's a fast sport now, but the wingers have to help out. So I just think he's the best option. I think he's played the position for, what, nearly 10 years, maybe more? Uh, I'm pretty and sure has... he played in junior. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather see him at centre than anyone else right now. Well, he hasn't played the position really in like the last two years. That's from his mouth saying, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to play again. And second, he plays right wing and he shoots right. You don't got many of those guys. He plays the position well. He's very good in the corners. And Corrali's better on the faceoffs than him. And mm. Corrali is your third line center. That's all I'm saying. It's all, and Corrali's got more legs. And that's not saying much, but... But then wanna, he plays the wanna, fourth line center. If we, if we want to make sure that Bacchus can continue what he's doing for the next couple of years after losing all that weight, 
putting him out at center and taking his legs away from him by the end of the season might not be the best idea. Right. He's going to be skating less if he's on the wing. And that fourth line that we saw with Wagner and, and Nordstrom, they played great. I thought Nordstrom had, a, had some really skillful hands, especially on they, the... According to all the, uh, I'm sure Colin Beswick and uh, and Spencer can attest to this. According to all the the stats gurus, they were fantastic with their course C and their their time and their puck possession and all that stuff. That hooey that means a lot, but I just it's not my thing. Right. But according to those guys, they were geeking out all over the, uh, <laughs> the stats for that. They played well. So when you when you, when you talk for me anyway, when you talk about back as a speed at the at, up the middle. You know, people say that he's you know he's getting older. He's lost this. He's lost that. He he did come in losing weight. I know Rob mentioned that you know half his colon's gone. Is you know, but he also that's some, came, that's some weight there. He also came in losing more weight, as in he wants to be faster. Um, and and if if he plays at the center role, that's fine. But you know, it, I wouldn't attack a center on his speed. I mean, Krejci gets enough of that, and he's not a very fast player. So, I mean, it does work in certain situations. Well, I wasn't talking about just I'm talking about will he have the legs at the end of the year. No, I'm, I'm, I'm general, you know, general quote. Oh, generalizing. Yeah, for everybody out in the, in, in the social media world that don't think that, you know, certain players have that, the, the skill to play up the middle or, or have that speed that, that's needed. I mean, I mean, Krejci, I, think, I still think Krejci's a fantastic center, and he, he plays a slow game, and that's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and so did uh, the Sedins, yeah. and look where that got them. I mean, there's plenty of players out there that play the European style where it's a lot slower, and it works for them. I mean, you can look through, Getzlaff plays a slower game, one of the best centers in the league. Like, it does work, but the thing with Bacchus is, if he's on the wing, then he's playing the forecheck, and, I mean, that's going to wear his body down just as much as playing center. No, so, no, no, no. As someone who played center his whole life, I'm telling you, there's so much more skating when you're playing center and you're at forward. It's unreal. When I played men's league, when I, well, sorry, when I did play men's league, if I wanted to break, I'd go play winger defense. Yeah. You enough. skate a ton as a centerman. You're covering the defense when they when they they rush in. You're the one in that you're going in either corner wherever the puck is. You're the guy also pushing the guy out in front of the net. I'm telling you, there's a lot of skating. You're playing that particular, um, like rover position. You know, you, you're not. It's just, unbelievable. You're not just a center, but you're also you're half this and half that because you're moving so much. I when yeah. I I remember playing when I was playing uh, rep when I was younger, and I'd come to the bench and my line mates or after the game, they'd be like, "Oh, I don't even need to take a shower," and I just look at them like, "I hate you." Um. <laughs> 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 We got a hit on it because it, I, I've seen it on social media. That dumpster fire that 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 platform can be when Tuka Rass doesn't have a good game. But it's preseason, and of course we're starting off the year fresh with the the Tuka hate. Um, it was kind of quiet, not it was marginally quiet during the off season, but it's uh, certainly ramped itself up. So um, definitely be prepared for the uh, the stupid Tuka hot takes that people just seem to gravitate to because they can't find anybody else to hate on the team. So um, I, I expect hopefully not the start that he had last season. I hopefully, you know, he comes out fresh, especially with a goaltender like Yaroslav Halak. But we'll bring in Halak into this conversation too 
when a lot of people out there are thinking that, yeah, I mean, he's, he could take over the starting role. And for me personally, I'm a trend guy. I see what's going on year to year, and I don't see Jeremy Jacobs and his family losing money to put Tuka Rask on the bench. Um, they did it for a little while, which is more of an experimental thing last season with Anton Hudobin, and it worked. It kicked him in the ass, and look what happened. November to, to April was, was, was a pretty damn good year for him. So I expect kind of the same, that he'll always have that in the back of his head that, hey, this guy can come in and, and maybe go on a roll and kind of like do this, but it, I don't think it's going to be a permanent situation like people want to. And it, it, mostly that's the haters that don't want to see him on the ice, period. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell everyone straight right now. For four seasons, five seasons, maybe, everyone's been saying. He's talking to right away. Like, we're honest, uh, we all know that, right? And has. The thing is, like, for five seasons now, everyone's saying, this guy's going to take over two caress, this guy's going to take over two caress. If it hasn't happened by now, it's not happening. Like, stop. Just stop. You just sound stupid. Like, really. Like, if someone said to me the same thing over and over again, if I came on this podcast every week and said David Backer should be third line centre, you get sick of it, sick of it by, what, the next five episodes? Probably next episode. So, just shut up. It's not happening. The only way Tukarask is getting taken over with is in the next, probably, four years when he goes out of the NHL. That's the only way he's going down. Sorry. Just how it's happening. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. This is good, Rob. 100 episodes. Uh, open up. I love it. And just, I just, I've lost patience trying to like dumb it down for people. And sometimes you just have to shout in the face and just call them out. And what one thing I will give to the haters, and I hate to say this, the constant conversations that we have to have someone push Tuka to play better. If this is really true, and I, like, like I've said it before, we are not in the dressing room. We are just all giving opinions. We are not their teammates. If this, and we're not Tuka Rask. If any of, the, if this is true, okay, then cut and bait and get rid of him. But I don't think it is to be true. That's just my opinion. Um, and if he loses the first game, God forbid, like people are going to run for the hills. Just because this fan base, I should sorry, some of the fan base are assheads. Yeah, come at me. I'm on Twitter yeah. at Portland. Um, friend of the show, Colin. He he, Colin Basswood, He had a great article showing the decline and showing what where he's good and where he isn't. That's those are good reasons. But when people bring out these other things, like he doesn't try and all that, just shut up. Yeah. Honestly, I'll, get some I'll tell good you what material. it is. Right, there's. Every uh, I can see it. Every backup that's played under Tukarask has been a crybaby at the end of every season, buggered off to some other place, yep. and cried about spilt milk because they didn't make it as the starter in Boston. Don't care. We have one. We have an elite goaltender, and everyone bitches about it. Like everyone complains about his contract. Go look at Carey Price. Go look at what Bobrovsky's going to make next season somewhere else. Like, stop talking crap about it. It's not even that bad a contract. Right. Most of the okay, people... I would call him elite. I'm, I, 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 honestly, after reading Colin's article, I can, I re- I'm really pushing Colin's article right now. I just realized there's some great <laughs> advertising for Stanley Cup of Chatter. I don't think he's elite. 
I think he is very good. Top 10 in the league, but not top five. To me, elite is top five. He's not top five. Yeah, yeah but somewhere I mean, between people seven still and 10. call Carey Price elite. And oh, that's fine. Technically, they... he is kind of an elite goaltender. He's just on a crappy team. He's on a dumpster fire of a team. Yeah. Yep. yeah dumpster we, fire. At the same time, we don't have the best defensive core in the NHL, unlike what half of the fan base think we do. Like, we don't. We have a guy who's in his sophomore year who, yes, will probably want to be one of the better defensemen in the league one day, but he's not right now. Like, we have uh, two bottom six guys who are going to play this season who are probably, I think, the better defensive players on the team. And when your better defensive players on the team are in your bottom six, it's not the best defense core in the league. Like... Boston gives up shots. Maybe Tuukka Rask isn't the best shot stopper, but he's got good good uh, control of his rebounds. He knows when to stop a play. He knows when to play the puck. I, I just, I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. A lot, lot better. A hundred percent. Perfect example. When he was on his unbelievable run, it was actual crickets. Except when they scored a goal. Even when he was... Lighting it up. Best goal in the league at, at one point last year. Lighting up. Amazing. He let in one goal. And they'd be like, see, I told you, he sucks. It's like they, they need this. They need the hate. It's almost like there's a reason a certain person is in power. Uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. And, and I went off tangent. Honestly, if, if, if Tuka's not here, the focus will be put on somebody else. You know, I, I if, if... Like, look, McAvoy was a dumpster fire last night. So is Donato. Not one person is mentioning it. They're like, Tukaras sucks. No, because you get ostracized if you said something like that. Even in a preseason game. <laughs> like, it looks like being caught on having many people talk to us then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, McAvoy was terrible, and so was Donato, but Tukaras sucks. Yeah. Hey, Krejci was terrible too. And so was, so was Brad Marchand. 99% of the team were terrible. One of the like, first articles I ever wrote when I started working, uh, started writing for the Black and Gold was when I wrote the one about Marchand. Is is it worth what he does? And blamed him, and I still believe this, the two years they didn't make the playoffs was his fault. Everybody told me I was an idiot for it. And then sure enough, what does he do a year later? And then they're like, yeah, he's a bit of a moron sometimes. That was such you, a good article people, too, by the way. It just makes no sense to me. Like, people, if you're going to get on somebody, get on someone for a good reason. Not because if you feel good about it and you just like to, to hate. Yeah. And you know what the you good thing about like this season fun. is? Go cheer for another team because he's your goalie for the next couple of years. He isn't going anywhere. Yeah. The good thing about this season and the next season is Halak is such a professional. Like, when it comes to how he acts, how he behaves, and... He knows his role. He knows he's the backup. Like, there's been interviews with him where he says he's been brought in to win games when he's needed. And the fact that he says when he's needed just shows he knows his place. Like, he's getting paid for his, like, place. He's not getting paid £4 million to be, like, the 1B and play half the season like Dallas did a few seasons ago. Yeah, like, with Leighton and... Um... And uh, what was the other guy? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't either. But, Brian Elliott? No, oh, no. No, else. oh, Antti and Niemi. Yeah, yes, Niemi. Yes. 
Yeah, ten million dollars. Like ten million dollars in cap space and two goals. Halak is the best backup they've had since Tuka Rask. Oh yeah, it by far. Like yeah. I think <clears throat> the fact that you have a guy who's been basically a starter in the NHL for the past, I'd say six seasons, seven seasons, maybe. I, I just think it's such like I. I think that is one of the steals of like that the Bruins made. Like they just got such a good player in Halak for such a good cap hit as well. Yeah. I think he's gonna be very good. And well, he was great in preseason. A hundred percent. I don't think uh as you know how I used to feel about uh Harry Potter Doby. Um oh, God. I can't I can't, I'm so glad he's gone. Yeah. He, he, like when people used to say he like I could honestly understand if people were like, Halak's playing better, he should start. I'd be like, you know what? You're right. But when people said that about Doby, I'm like, please, do you not watch? Half the time he makes a save by an accident. Yeah. Yeah, but he is from the Tim Thomas school of goal and in, like, yeah, if, you're, yeah, if you don't... What's that, sit yeah. in his bunker and pull out a sniper rifle? Right. <laughs> it's just if you don't have your position. And, I mean... I'll I'll call it straight. This is how I play in that. Like I'm a very reactional, what you would call a soccer goalie. Like I don't have the best angles. I'm not very good at keeping my posts and everything. But I wish, like I was that good of a professional that I could keep my angles like a guy like Halak can. And we saw it in preseason. There was so he made so many positional saves where he made it look easy. And like people calling out. Um, like the commentators for saying, "Oh, what a good save!" and blah blah blah, and they're like he's just stood there. Yeah, but he's also like made a very good positional play, and you've got to see it like that. And unless you played in net or played hockey a lot, you don't really tend to see these things. So, I, I just think out of all the players in the preseason, I think Halak was very good, along with Brandon Carlo. Yep. I think those were my top two players. I think. I, I'm still I'm still on board with uh, this goalie tandem probably being mm, top five, maybe top three in the league. I can I can see that top five for sure. Yeah, you know I mean this is this is not a bad thing at all, and and I know Colin. We're, wow, we're really booting him. Um, He's very his 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 stats articles are like his sorry his geek stats his hockey geek stats because I I know Spencer, I, I love you Spencer. I just, it's not my thing. I'd rather just watch the game instead of geeking out on these stats. His stats about Halak versus Rask and showing that Halak has got better stats based on core, all these geek stuff, it's great. It makes me think they're going to be fantastic in the, in the, in the net together. I mean, there's a, there a couple of tweets that I saw that I believe were retweets from Colin that on the preseason of what the goaltenders have done. And oh, you mean... McEntire. mean the fire starters? And yeah, and Zane yeah, and Zane McIntyre was up there with like a really high save percentage. And then people were like, Well, why is he, why is he down in Providence? But he also got he also got everybody poo pooed on him because he was pretty much said the preseason doesn't matter. Right. Because it doesn't, no, people. It, doesn't. it literally doesn't. And Colin just will like send the you NFL the season doesn't player. matter. To all the Patriot fans out there, your season <laughs> doesn't matter. No one cares. I'll send Yeah, Colin will yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll tweet you the PayPal link later. You can pay. Oh, if Colin, don't if, worry about if you do actually listen to the episode like you say you do, you need to tweet at all three of us tomorrow now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank us. 
It was funny. He did listen to some beers and Bruins, and he did thank me for the shout out. So I kind of think he does because we're on. The oh same. no, I am. I am a hundred percent that he does. Yeah, he's we the only one where I get an argument on Twitter <laughs> that I can't win. He gets episode me. Episode one hundred, the Colin Beswick show. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's the only guy I lose to on Twitter on a regular well, basis. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, last last one I have on on my agenda list, and I think that um, on Rob's and, and Courts too, is um, the the strength of the draft and, and the success that this team has had. Now, don't base success on how many games a prospect has seen in the NHL, because I'm so sick and tired of that. People are knocking Jakob Zborl, Jeremy Lawson for, for kind of being drafted in 2015, and they haven't touched the NHL ice yet, and people are calling them a bust, and you should have picked this guy, you should have picked that guy. So I, I still believe that this, this team, regardless of what the Athletic came up with a couple months ago with their uh, prospect rankings, of, and they had the Bruins at 27, I don't think the Bruins are number one. I don't think they're number 10, but I don't think they're number 27 either. I, I think that there's a lot more prospects that have something to give, but they just need time. And, you know, listening to another podcast, uh, Jimmy Murphy on the uh, Bruins beat, he had Jakob Sporrell's agent on Alan Walsh. And he, he really explained it very well that you don't need to rush a prospect. You need to have patience. I mean, you wait that final minute to, to, to let a guy go or, or separate ties. But, you know, I just – the narrative of people saying that, you know, we don't have a future if these guys don't play in the NHL. Same thing with Zach Seneshin. Seneshin takes a ton of crap, and I don't understand why. My thing is, is he was brought up a certain way in the OHL, and they're doing the same thing. Jay Leach is doing the same thing with him as he did back then. So I expect Seneshin to take a bigger step, a bigger role in uh, this upcoming season with the Providence Bruins, and then hopefully in a year or two, make that NHL roster. Yeah, and the Bruins do, like, I think they draft in a very good way, where they look at someone's, like, they look at what the weaknesses are and what the strengths are, and if the weakness is something you can teach, so it's not something like attitude or anything like that, um, like, they'll pick those guys, because you'd rather have a raw prospect who has some weaknesses that you can build on than have a guy that's really good, but he's probably going to bugger off in a year or two to say Russia or something or Europe and just say, no, I've had enough. I want 2 million next season. Like they've done such a good job of picking those guys out. And it's not only in the draft, it's going through college free agents, everything like that. They do such a good like job of it and i've seen people talking about like i've seen people on twitter say oh where did the bruins pick tory krug in the draft well they didn't they got the guy for free straight out of college 30 other teams passed on him too yeah and like 30 other teams passed on him seven times same thing with kyle connor and 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 matt barzell those there's teams that passed on him because there was a reason for it yeah and i mean the Bruins have gone out. They got a guy like Kevin Miller for free. Didn't draft him. Um, like who? A guy like Lauko. Where did they get Lauko? Third round. Yep. The guy's looking great right now. Like looking like a high end prospect. I can't wait to see him in the queue. They got a guy like uh, is it Alexei Anderson, the defenseman? 
Alex. Alex Anderson, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he looks great. He looked amazing uh, when playing with Chara during the preseason. Certainly did. Uh, Those guys got passed up on once, twice, maybe three times by other teams. But they're looking very good right now for the Bruins. And if they one day make it, even if it's to the bottom line of the NHL roster, do you know how many players go through the draft and never make it to the AHL? Never mind about the NHL. So it just goes to show like how well they're picking because guys are coming through one, maybe two years later to the AHL. Even if they get a cup of coffee in the NHL, the guys have made it there. Like It's a big deal. It's not just like, oh, that guy only played three games in the NHL. That guy sucks. No. Yeah, the Kokolachov uh, syndrome. Yeah. Coco Gate. Hashtag Coco Gate. Isn't that a rock star player? There's still a chance that that guy comes back next season. Oh, see, there I it is. His rights are over. Bleeding hard, eh? Uh, he'd still come back. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> like, I, but there is, that's the thing, though. There's guys out there, like, you look around the league and how many prospects that the Bruins picked up that are lighting it up around the league in different places. You look at. Um, Joe Thornton, top-line centre in San Jose for many years. Uh, you've got Phil Kessel, one of the best snipers of his generation. Um, who else have you got around the league? They picked up Blake Wheeler after... Was it Nashville drafted him originally? No, it was Phoenix, and he, he, wouldn't, Phoenix. Report. he wouldn't report. Yeah, and he came to the Bruins. The Bruins got him, made him what he is today, and mm. looked at him in Winnipeg. I, well, they, they trained him up, they got him good. there's there's so many guys around the league though that you just look at them and you might not realize that those guys are drafted by the Bruins and they either got let go because they weren't part of the organization or they got traded when the value was high my my thing is I look at it this way perfect example your whole back and nine if there wasn't a log jam on the left side which I can't believe I'm saying now a log jam on the left shot defenseman he be on this roster. Um, the one thing I will say between um, Lozon and Zabro, one went to Europe, one didn't. One went to China, one didn't. That tells you who the Bruins think more highly of, and that's the one that's probably going to make this team, and the latter probably won't. And Zaboro's still registered that's the on one the roster. I think, I think he's the one who's going to make the team. He's he still eventually... showing on the Bruins team, though. Like, he hasn't well, been sent down yet. Yeah, that's... I, I, uh, uh, that's just... That's, Players being right. sent down will probably most likely happen tomorrow. Yeah, they yeah. have they have to be they have to finalize the twenty three man roster, I believe, within forty eight hours of Wednesday. Yeah, so I, I know and he's the going Bruins down. may take forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they they take the time and look at what's right, and I think sure. this is the trickiest preseason for them, especially with like the guys like back in Ireland, like. Do they really want to rush the guy? Do they, they want to let him? First off, there's a difference between rushing a player that's ready and rushing a player that isn't. Yeah, yeah. He's ready. I, I know he's ready. Blue in the fist. He's ready. There's no rushing. If he's ready, it's not rushing him. It's yeah. just putting him in. But is he is he ready to play the bottom six, or do you let him play the top line in Providence and gain that experience? If like that. He, that's the difference. The NHL minutes are way more value to a kid that's that good than playing top minutes against really lesser of caliber of hockey players. Because he would be better than half the guys on the ice. The he, only... Vakaninen could make 60% of the league right now. 
Yeah. I'd only... say 60% because some teams like San Jose are stacked on the back end. But The only difference I have between him and a guy coming out of the Canadian juniors is he's already played against men his entire career. Exactly. And he, and he also looks better than yeah. half of the fence on our team right now. He but looks better than McAvoy. Yeah. That's the difference between... I, I know that people hype up the Canadian juniors and the American leagues, but when guys are yeah, playing you were in right Europe... On the first one, the American leagues don't count. Yeah, when the when the guys are playing in Europe, the guys playing in Europe, they're playing against ex NHL players and grown men that have played hockey for many years. Yep. Like it's a lot different, and I've seen it. I'll I'll try and watch a lot of SHL everything, and you see these guys that are seventeen, eighteen years old, and even up to twenty, and you're thinking, and then someone says, "Oh, this guy's a prospect of this team," and you think, "Holy crap." Like that guy's actually really good. Like I could see him playing in the NHL right now. And the Bruins have a guy like that. And they drafted Pavel Shen in the seventh round, didn't they? Uh, and that guy looks actually quite good from what I've seen of him. But first, then again, drafted player since and Alexander Kolkhov. Ooh, there you go. There's another Kolkhov, and he plays center. <gasps> Stop talking about that guy, Shengate. Shengate. Oh well, God. Shengate, unfortunately, will never see a Bruins ice unless a million people get hurt. Oh, I think he'll uh, probably one day play in the AHL. Yeah, oh, yeah a lot like sure. his distant cousin, cousin Kovlachuk. Because right but... now, <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, Forsbacker Carlson, uh, to me, has blown his chance. Yeah, and from what I saw, an injury could bring him back. Up. An injury could bring him back, but. Frederick yeah. jumped him, and Stegnika definitely jumped both Frederick and him. So, oh yeah, yeah. But from what I've seen at the Providence lineup, JFK was center in the second line. Uh, Colby Cave was center in the first line, which I don't believe that's how the season starts. I think Frederick centers that line. So, I think they've kind of decided where people are playing down there. I could definitely see JFK being traded this year in a piece. Yep, oh, I don't think so. I think his value is too low. That means it's definitely going to happen then. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like keeping guys around even if they just play in the AHL. Cool. Like, I I just don't believe in trading a guy like that for like a fourth or a fifth. And That's just... not what I was saying. If you can get a deal to move... Oh, no, if you can get some, like, package. towards something for the NHL team, yeah. But I'm I'm not down for trading prospects for picks because I, I think don't. he got overhyped. It's just like Cedric Cedric Pye. Is that how you say his name? Pye. Oh yeah. Like I feel so bad for this kid when he actually has like a, a camp where he has a chance to make the team. Everybody's gonna be like, he looks like Bergeron. He has to be on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone watch the um, Lauko announcement for the no uh, Naranda Huskies? Um. I, I saw it. He's not on the lineup yet. Uh, they got three games this week that he'll probably see action in. Mm. He, uh, <laughs> the whole press conference, like, I watched it thinking, oh, Lauko's probably going to talk soon. And the thing is, like, 12 minutes long. Don't even watch it because the guy says, like, three words, sits down, that's it, puts <laughs> a jersey on. That's all you're getting. And the rest of it's in French, so I didn't oh, have yeah. a clue what was going on. He's the next hype train. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... Yeah, I think Jesse has a man crush on him. If he does well in the OHL, it's gonna it's going off. 
queue. Wait, oh. he's, in, he's in the queue. Oh, sorry, the queue. He's yes, it's the Quebec League. There's a big difference. There's also the, big, the WHL. There's, there's... The big Frenchies. I forgot it was oh, the Frenchies. Oh, watch yourself, man. Wow. Well, I'm closer to France than you are. Oh, Don't I'm even start the Quebec that thing one. You are. There's a difference between France <laughs> and Quebec. Come on now. You can find a last Rob name. Rob Forty Bruins. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> eh? Wow, that's aggressive. Yeah, we have a history with the French. Mm. Don't even start with that one. <laughs> you have a history with the U.S. You have too, the same Rob. Queen, you, don't you, Rob? Well, should yeah. You, should you hate the U.S. more than anybody else in the world? Hey, a we have a throw hi- me into this. Hey, <laughs> well, we, have a with, we have a history with every country in the world. I don't know. You forgetting Canada and we're friends. It's the U.S. that are the backstabbers. You might find that we're a very small country, but we have a very big oh, amount of no. enemies. Yeah, if you went to anywhere in South Africa or, or any anywhere that they'd hate you. Oh yeah, yeah trust ter- me, I know. I can go down the road from my house and people hate me, so don't even start. <laughs> that, that makes sense, though, eh? We, we fight with each other more than we fight with anyone else. Trust me. Hey, hey there you go. Too funny. All right, I think. Oh, that... and can we just add in Lee Stempiak should not be on this team. Hopefully, it doesn't oh yeah, that. I'm. I, I, I do oh. not want Stumpniak. I hyped that. I I hyped up Winnick, but now that I've been watching more preseason games, I think everyone's passed over Winnick. Like yeah, he's done. I think if he was the better of so many people for a certain role. But the roles that are available aren't available for him. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if the guy goes to Providence, I don't mind. Friend of the show, Matt Kalman, tweeted at me just just while we were doing this. If they don't keep Stantniak, who's going to go 12 games without a point and make everyone that wanted to keep him complain they should have kept him? That's like the best tweet ever. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably one of the fourth liners, and then everyone will be like, oh, we should have kept Stantniak. It's it's just when they started playing terrible yesterday, I'm like, oh, don't make them forced to keep the – don't. Please don't. Don't do that, guys. Come on. Give the kid like come on. Stemniak did not 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 play well for us this last time he was here. He got sent down to the AHL last year on a very on not the great like New Jersey was okay, but Bruins were better. Like I, I'm so confused. Do you know what was even worse? I saw on Twitter someone comparison of Rick Nash's numbers compared to Stemniak's. Oh God! I'm saying serious. that they are exactly the same player <laughs> recently recently exactly the same player and that the Bruins should keep him because they paid a first round pick for uh, Rick Nash and they can trade Stempniak for a first at the deadline. Just stop writing articles, whoever you were. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're not getting a first round pick for Lee Stempniak. Unless oh, the, seriously? Can you please unless it's send the me Bruins that? Playing for, and, I, I don't know where it was. It, someone retweeted you, it on Twitter oh. and it was unreal. Oh, we could like I would like put that on Facebook. I would, I'd put that everywhere. I'm that's, gonna look around like, for it now. Never cause... write an article again, type stuff. Plus, it was only like 150 words, so it was basically oh. a tweet. Oh, so, so it must have been written by Nesson or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably a stolen tweet. It'll or, be fine. Well, oh. <laughs> I, I have to I have to say that that was a very interesting and fun 100th episode. Um, I'm I'm just so pumped that we reached this number. Uh, I've been involved in this um, since 2016 in January, and we've we've really come a long way. And I'm so happy to have Rob from a, uh, from the UK, Court from the uh, lovely country of Canada, 
I feel like you're hugging us right now. I am. It's, um, it's okay. a virtual hug, man. It's seriously. It's a virtual like, God. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what you need to understand, Mark, is the Brits, eh, they don't like the touchy stuff. No, we don't like the touchy stuff. <laughs> well, We're any, not fond of it. Any, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to have you guys aboard this, this team, and, and, and I can't wait to do another 100 episodes, uh, especially with the, well, the support. My wife just brought me a Tim Hortons coffee. Nice. Such, such there you go. I heard that coffee. Where's really my good. coffee? God damn. I'm gonna be honest. I, I was talking with uh, someone about this. It's not that good. McDonald's coffee, I would think, is by far better. Oh. But it's way better than that piss you guys call Dunkin'. Oh, I, oh, I hate Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, that stuff sucks. That stuff is disgusting. Burnt stays on the burner for like hours, and they say that they re- they change it every 15 minutes. It's, no, that's a it's lie. gross, man. Like I understand people say Tim Hortons isn't that good, but when I was in Boston in March. I would rather drink the hotel lobby coffee than Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> that stuff was gross. I went and got it one morning because I was like, you know what, guys? All my friends had been like, let's go get it. Let's I, uh, Maybe I must have been like hungover the last time I had a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So I'm like, let's go get one. It's, we're in Boston. And we walked out of there. Everybody just looked at me like I just shot them. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you make me drink this horse piss? And by the way, Dunkin' Donuts, if you pay us on PayPal, we'll change that review next week. Yes. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Definitely. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, they're not called Dunkin' Donuts, right? They're just called uh, Dunkin'. Yeah, just Dunkin'. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Dunkin'. Dunkin'. Hey, that's my middle name. Oh, really? Yeah, Dunkin'. Right. <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> like, that's awesome. I'm just saying. <laughs> His middle name is the Donut Coffee Shop. Anyway, yep. thank you, everybody, thank you very much for the continued support, especially our Patreon contributors. Uh, they they do a great job financially to help us cut the operating costs. You can still jump aboard that. Go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Sign up. And uh, we're, we're going to start doing our, our, our giveaways um, next month. Um, probably the last two weeks of the uh, month of October. So uh, jump If anybody out. goes in the high Patreon uh, field, I'll give a signed piece of my underwear. There you oh. go. Oh boy, that'll, that'll, that'll make everybody sign up now. Uh, and I'll talk bad about the French. Don't worry. I've got plenty of ammunition to talk bad about the French. And I'll just stay here to try to keep everything, yeah, you know, steady. for Keep it PG. Yeah, exactly. But um, again, I just seriously want to thank everybody. Um, this is, we can't do this without you listeners and, and, and financial supporters. So um, we're going to be here every week. So if you been here for a while or a newcomer keep it going please give us a rating on uh apple podcast slash apple itunes um five star rating would be great and 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 say a few words we really appreciate that and it just it gives us a better name uh and a better ranking on um on that platform so um, he's talking to you colin because we just this is the colin beswick episode obviously <laughs> the please colin. call it episode 100 the colin beswick show oh, yeah please. seriously <laughs> all right i think i'm gonna do it <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll tweet that too I'll, I'll his put, head I'll, is yeah, as much as we love him his head's getting pretty big so this is just gonna make it worse he's a good guy though he's a great guy yeah I, don't I, worry I, I will he'll probably him. be on the show in the next few weeks so it's fine <laughs> since we don't have a show sponsor and we are currently looking for one if so today's show, show is sponsored by colin Beswick. yeah exactly i'm gonna do it <laughs> all right guys thank you very much and we'll talk next week and uh we're gonna be talking about regular season hockey. I'm so excited for so. What is that noise? Did he just do a bong hit or something? I think so. <laughs> Seriously? No, that, was like that, was, that, was my <laughs> that was my cigarette, and I totally forgot that I unmuted my mic. Oh, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> my bad. 
Did it not sound like a bubble? Maybe I'm wrong. I guess it didn't have the the bubbly, bubbly. We don't know drugs on this show. It's PG. Hey, I don't do them. But, you know, it is is legal here, so. (laughs) Okay, it's not here. It is legal in Massachusetts, and that's all I'm saying. Um, Everybody take care, and thank you so much. Bye-bye. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Gets onto the skate of Nikki Petty and Jack Stanika shorthanded breakaway scores. Tucks it in underneath Cole Cece and it's a 1 0 Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles and Donato tries to make a pay. Here's Donato. In deep, Ryan Donato curls and scores. A highlight reel goal for Ryan Donato. Goes to his left. In front, and that's Trent Frederick on the one-time redirect. Frederick with his fourth, and Team USA now up 8-2. to two. Hey everybody, as mentioned in, in the first hour, um, we are back with the prospect, uh, uh, Bruins prospect update. Um, and I'm, I'm super pumped to get this uh, the season kicked off. We're going to be starting to do this on a weekly basis. So uh, for those that have been wondering over the summer why we stopped, this is exactly why. And um, everything is coming into fruition when it comes to uh, junior hockey. Uh, Bruins players are, se- are getting sent back to their teams. And, and, and news is starting to filter in. So now, now we have topics to talk about. And, and without further ado, I am so pleased to have this gentleman back. He started with us um, late last season and, and got, got really, really uh, good at what he does. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm expecting him to bring a whole different element this season um, as we do this every week. So, uh, Josh Bemis, welcome back. And, and like I said, I'm wicked pumped to have you back. And I can't wait to do this on a weekly basis until, until May or June or whatever. I've been, like, dreaming of this moment for the past couple of weeks ever since preseason started so let's get this rolling because it's going to be an awesome season yeah the last time we talked you were you were uh, on location in buffalo for the for the uh, i think it was a four-day event at the uh prospects challenge and probably the coolest event of my life yeah yeah i can't wait i'm, I'm definitely making plans to, to go next season so next year so definitely yeah um, that, that was a good time that was a it was a good experience to get a lot of uh not only player feedback, but you got to talk to the coaches a lot as well. And there was some brass around. There was other teams too, so you could kind of get a sense of how the other teams were preparing for to play the Bruins. So not only did you get a good read on, say, some of the prospects internally, but then externally as well, what people were thinking about them. Yeah, so uh, let's jump right in. Um, we have a, a, a list of topics that uh, you provided, and I and I went through and did my thing about uh, the CHL stuff. So, let's yep. start off with Trent Frederick. What do you what, what do you want to touch on with him? 
Oh my goodness, I'm so thrilled to see Frederick not only get his first pro contract, you know, beginning uh beginning this season because last season he was on an ATO with uh, the Providence Bruins, but he's starting to become more than just you know how Keith Gretzky was kind of putting Trent Frederick down saying he'll be nothing more than this, that, and a whole lot of other stuff. I'm really starting to see Trent Frederick kind of evolve into a middle six type of center. And he's got the body. He's got the frame. He's got the awareness to be able to flourish in that role at the NHL level. So I'm really excited to see, hopefully going forward, he's kind of won that 3C role, sort of. But it remains to be seen if he gets deployed there. I'd really like to see him, you know, him take that role and kind of run with it and basically have the same um, approach that, say, Jake DeBrusque and uh, Charlie McAvoy did last year. And they really took their roles and just went with it. And now they're more full-time NHLers. So I'd like to see Trent Frederick do the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Trent Frederick guy. I, I have been since, um, since he was selected with the 29th uh, pick in 2016, um, shortly after uh, Charlie McAvoy was picked with the, in the, with the Bruins' first pick. And, um, yeah, I, and I also really liked what I saw from him in his uh, short time at Wisconsin. Uh, Tony Granado, former NHLer, uh, was the head coach, is the head coach there. But uh, really, uh, when I talked to Trent at rookie camp, uh, he said that uh, Tony Granado was a huge, huge um, uh, asset to his, his development uh, while at Wisconsin. And, um, and, and to prepare himself for the pro level, uh, his talks and one-on-ones with with uh, Trent and, and and Tony were were so important to to moving forward to having uh, Frederick at this moment um, on on that cusp of of either going uh, to the AHL for a full year or or possibly earning that third line center spot that you mentioned earlier. So uh, I, I'm expecting really good things from him. And I like I like what you mentioned about his uh, his 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 weight and his size. Um, but he also brings a lot of physicality to it, um, and uh, I mean we, we saw we saw what happened last year. I think it was his first game that he dropped the gloves. He made his he made his presence known in his first game by dropping the gloves with a. Uh, I'm not sure what 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 team it was, but you know he he's there. He I mean he's got all he, he's still a, a, um, a work in progress no matter what. But there's always good things to be seen there with his attributes, and and I'm looking forward to it. So. You probably could have guessed any of the teams that the Providence Bruins face, you know, on a almost weekly basis, and you'd probably have been right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably the Springfield Dogs. I mean, uh, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our old friends. Yeah. But uh, the other thing I like about him is that he comes from a great pedigree, too. Like, when he was with the St. Louis AAA Blues, I know that he had some interactions with uh, Keith Kachuk who's, you know, a, a former NHLer. So not only does he have Tony Granato in... Uh, the University of Wisconsin, but he's interacted a lot with Keith Kachuk. He comes out of the very highly touted U.S. National Development Program, who's been a powerhouse of American hockey lately. So Trent's got a great pedigree, and I think that that's, like you said, what's kind of propelling him to be more than what he was labeled as the, like minutes after he got drafted. Like Keith, you know, Keith Gretzky kind of put that label on him almost immediately and it's 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 kind of frustrating i mean you think as a kid you know you you're not just where you were drafted it's what kind of effort and what kind of 
training and how you develop yourself and how you get your how you absorb the coach's instructions and that's what counts here and so i'm glad to see that trent frederick's running with it and really as much as i'd love to see him at 3c if he spends another year in providence that's not a bad thing he did a great job he was almost a point per game player so maybe he does need to almost get his confidence up by going to the ahl so where regardless of where he falls he's going to do a great job and i'm really excited to see maybe a full year of him in a, in a local setting whether it be in boston or providence uh, what I what I like about him being selected at 29 in, in 2016 was the intel that the Bruins have. And I know I might have mentioned this in previous uh, Black and Gold Hockey podcasts or even talking with you in the, uh, me last year was the um, the intel that the Bruins got when uh, b- before Anaheim was going to select him. Yep, exactly. So, so Anaheim saw something really, really special in him and, and the Bruins uh, brass got the intel on him. And just said that hey maybe maybe we should jump on this before because you know uh, the next pick could be uh, he could be gone so absolutely know, and on top of that he would have really fit Anaheim's mold if you kind of look at their team structure you kind of see that big heavy uh, almost power forward type of center in him so I'm not surprised to hear about the uh, I know I know that you've mentioned that before but I'm not surprised to hear that yeah especially with with uh, Kessler winding down his years. Oh and, yeah, the, and gets love yep. winding down his years. I think Frederick, if if the situation was he was going to be a, a Anaheim pick, I think yep. he would uh, you know fit in really well with what's going on in their in their uh, turnstile of, of of prospects. And you know, that's a that's a great point. And you know, now that you bring up Ryan Kessler, that's almost a, I don't like to compare, but that would be a good comparable if I were to. Right. So um, moving on to another prospect that we, we both have enjoyed talking to uh, over the summer when we uh, as press members um, for Bruins um, events at, at the Warrior Ice Arena, Yurho uh, Vakaninen has been a, a pleasure to watch. And, and for me, I really am pleased to see what he's doing at training camp and, and where he is right now. And... And it's not a bad thing where the Bruins brass go, listen, what do we do with this guy? Because he can either be at the NHL level, which I'm not sure if I see right now. I'll get into that in a minute. Or he can spend a whole year in the AHL and be a huge asset down there and continue development, um, I, especially with Europeans. And I'm going to touch on what I've just mentioned. Europeans, for me, and this is a personal thing. It's not, it's not factual. I'm not a scout or anything like that. But... For me, Europeans coming over, I really want to see them play in the uh, North American uh, size ice for at least a full season before making the transition to the NHL. That's just a personal thing, like I said. There is a big difference because um, there, it's just tighter here. There's not, you don't have space to, to maneuver. When you come over here on 200 by 85, it's almost like you're playing in a closet. So I really want them to get used to it at a lower level but if he makes it then the Bruins brass see something very special in him and unfortunately somebody else has to sit on the top six um so I mean in the six so I'm you know I'm actually going to tease a little article here here's a way that there's there's an article that I got coming up I'm not going to actually take credit for it I've got somebody who's interested in writing for me is coming up with this it's going to be I don't know, a marginally hot take, but there's a lot of truth behind what he's coming up with. And he's taking it from a very prospect-heavy angle. So 
there's a way that Erhovakinen could be in Boston's top six. Like I said, I'm just going to tease the article, but there's a way. There's a way, and it. I, I could definitely see him taking this because when he came into development camp this year, I remember um, Bruins development. Uh, Jamie Langenbrunner. Thank you. Couldn't think of that name off the top of my head. Uh, Jamie Langenbrunner was saying that he's looking more and more confident. That there's a a sense about him that he's really adapting to the 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 North American ice dimensions. And as he almost day by day as he plays in North America, he's just assuming that kind of confidence and flourishing, I guess, in the smaller ice because now he understands it. And I think we saw it yesterday. If you watch the game against Philadelphia, it was a train wreck of a game. But the brightest spot on there was Erho Vakaninen. He looked like he was just he'd been in the NHL for a full season already. He almost looked like a sophomore in the NHL just by the way that he was fluidly moving around the ice he was great in the offensive zone could use a teeny bit of work in his defensive zone but i mean if this is what his debut looks like you got a lot of great things to look forward to with him because his baseline is absolutely amazing and now i'm kind of eating my own words because when we picked him mark i was really kind of i was looking at him i was looking at his body of work I was trying to find the, you know, clips, anything to kind of get a bearing on him, but just nothing stood out about him. And then all of a sudden you start seeing him on the North American ice. You see him live in person. You're watching him and the light bulb goes off like, ah, that's it. I see it. I see what they see in him. And I'd be okay with him taking an NHL spot and running with it. I mean, I, I respect your opinion that um, he could use some time in the AHL. I've never been one to say, ah, no, you know, just skip the NA, the AHL. Let him develop there if need be. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with either, but I'd love to see him on Boston's roster. Well, let's listen to what he had to say about um, his his development and, and the chances of, of an NHL roster spot uh, possibly coming next week uh, against Washington. So uh, take a listen to this. I'll be right back. Uh, I feel good. I I think I, I had a had a good training camp. So uh, it's just I just have to wait what the coaches decide. And I think uh, I did my best. So I can be proud of it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think uh, I can play in the NHL NHL season. But you know, it's a coach's decision. So uh, just have to wait for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean. I'm young, so I uh, gotta get stronger and uh, gotta get my shot better. You know, it's uh, it's a bit weak, so just uh, get some get some more strength in it and uh, just get it get it to the net better. Uh, Josh, just going back on uh, what you mentioned about you know he could take that spot. The thing is, is is for me, and and the trend that the Bruins have recently that I've I've particularly noticed. I'm not sure if anybody else has noticed. But, you know, when you have contracted players that are not uh, entry-level contracts, uh, the Bruins tend to play those guys. It almost seems like they want to get, they want to maximize the best out of everybody's contract at that particular level. So I really do, I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me if he does make the team, but I'd be shocked by the way he does and who sits, you know. Fair. That's fair. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just. I just Jeremy Jacobs just seems like he's a very tight ass when it comes to stuff like that, and I, I, I me personally I see him fitting in better with uh, maybe a player like Kevin Millar on his way out after after this next season, 
um, and Zdeno Chara possibly being on his last last year. So, I mean, there's more roster availability next season, and that's where I kind of tend to. My only, uh, I guess, rebuttal, and it's, not a, it's like a soft rebuttal, I know that Kevin Dean's really hard on making sure that um, the, the players are playing on their correct handedness. So maybe he would replace more of a Chara than he would replace a Kevin Miller. Yeah, and, and, that, and coming from a former defenseman himself, Kevin Dean. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, just, just my two cents on that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's good stuff. Um, let's move on to the disappearance of ja, of Jakob Forsbacher Carlson. Uh, oh my goodness! Can yeah, we put him on a can we put him on a milk carton? Because I I maybe noticed him for one preseason game and then poof, well, he's a magician out there. He just made himself vanish. To be to, to be totally honest with you, after he left BU and he got that one game and 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 you know the. The, the one year of his three-year entry-level deal was was knocked off. Um, in the game he got in the NHL, I wasn't I wasn't overly surprised at all. Deer in headlights, um, and and I saw some good things at, at camps, uh, in previous development camps and rookie camps and blah 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 prospect challenges. But you know when it comes to this level at the NHL training camp, I I just don't see him push hard enough to really earn that spot. And I think that he's been overpassed by a player like Trent Frederick. And, yep. um, you know, so my thing with JFK and his disappearance is I don't see him with this team much longer. I've, I'm, I'm still on the, on the fence of he could be that possible trade chip or leverage uh, that a team would need to, like, you know, make a trade. Um I just just the center depth. If you look at the center depth up and down, I just don't see where he fits. That's um, a great point. So, I mean, I was hoping that he would be more of like a maybe a crazy light in the coming future. But you're right. That's a that's an interesting take that I hadn't considered. And the other thing is is it coming out today. And I, I I'm 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 not. This is not my my hot take or my cold take or whatever you want to say. But. Uh, Matt Grizzlick was the was the one that really started the whole Patrice Bergeron comparison, and, and it took off from there a couple of years ago. But, Interesting. But I well, it's BU BU. Yep. <laughs> yep. BU on BU yeah, love. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I I, I, I don't I, I kind of read into it, especially when I saw him play at the AHL level. But he didn't bring that Patrice Bergeron, um, you know, poise. Poise There's a to any of these NHL yeah. uh, festivities. Uh, there, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't that I don't know assertiveness that I might have seen from a guy like Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick will get in your face and he won't let you go. He's like a he's like a terrier. He's like a dog that just like latches onto its prey and starts shaking him all over the place. JFK is a little bit more passive, and I think that's maybe what's being the difference here is that Trent Frederick. Well, you know, he might not always be. He might not always make the correct play, but he'll make a play and he'll try and he'll, you know, maybe fail, but he'll go out there and he'll do something. He will, he will be noticed. He will make himself known. Yeah. Um, and he needs to, I mean, he's got one more year on his entry level deal. He does have RFA, um, rights after that. So the team can, can negotiate with him further. Um, it, it all depends on what the player wants to do, actually. And, and I mean, this, this, this is not a bad thing to have center depth like the, the Bruins have had in the past and continue to develop 
uh, players like that. But um, you know, sooner or later, you just have to you have to make a a, a choice: is to do you want to keep all this depth? But when you do need to make a deal right around trade deadline, are you gonna hang on to them all? Mm-hmm. So, and for yeah, I think for yeah for for a guy like JFK right now, he needs to you know colloquialism poop or get off the pot yeah absolutely. <laughs> disgusting but it's the best analogy i could think of off the top of my head and, and you know me when it comes to players i don't get i don't get overly attached but but there yeah. is opportunities in in 31 and 30 other teams that he might have nhl success um and and that's not a bad thing the, the ultimate goal is to is to make it to the nhl it, mm-hmm. you know whether it happens on the bruins roster or not each individual hockey player has a goal of reaching the NHL and the Stanley Cup, you know, is further down the road. But it might be an option that he needs to be moved or, I mean, I hate to see a, um, a player like him because he does have talent. I see I see where it is, but it's so sporadic. Exactly. And it's not consi- – that's the word – okay, there we go. Now we're hitting on an, another quality topic is consistency. You're right. You might see it a flash in the pan. Like there was a there was a moment. In fact, I'm I'm going back to last season in Providence. There was a moment where JFK made the smartest play I've ever seen. The Hershey goalie goes behind his net to make the play, flubs the puck so badly. JFK literally takes the puck away, and just that he he walks into an open net. He was at the right place, right time. He knew the right play to make, but it's not consistent enough. You're not like why. You know, oh wow, he does that all the time. It's more of like, oh, look what JFK did this week. Right. Yeah, he's he's got to work on that. Um, so hopefully uh, he works really hard with Jay Leach um, down in Providence and and Trent Winfield and I, I forget the new guy's name, but I'm, yeah, it's not Spencer Carberry anymore. No, he went to he went to uh, head coach over at Hershey. Good for him. Yep. So. Uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen what happens to JFK, and you know, hopefully the best. Uh, hopefully he takes this as a kick in the ass and just says, you know what, I got to work harder, and ma- yep. may- maybe something will happen after this season. You know, so, it j- just remains to be seen. Which I'm, I'm just really excited for to watch him and, and the Providence Bruins, uh, which start up next weekend. I believe it's is it Friday night or Saturday night? Uh, t- there's a technicality here. Technically, it begins Friday night, but that's in Hartford. So you and I will probably be watching that via AHL TV. Absolutely. And then the season opens against Laval, which is great because I love watching the the baby Bruins beat up on the baby Habs. Yeah, absolutely. In Providence, Saturday night. Yeah, so uh, – oh, and, and, and I'm not sure if you got the message um, on, on – the, uh, the right, yeah, AHL TV. Yep, exactly. Yep, they don't do the. Pre- I was hoping that they would broadcast the preseason yeah, games. Those they hi- don't. Those highlights that you were retweeting made made, made my freaking head fume. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? I mean, I, I mean, I'd rather. I'm not saying I'd rather pay 150 dollars to watch New Leon, but if this is the AHL TV quality, I'm kind of disappointed. But I'm thankfully somebody from. I wish I actually. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Um, scroll down in my tweet twitter and find out who the gentleman was that that mentioned it because i got to give him kudos um his name is jason and <laughs> i can't say his last name it's terrible but he says hi my preseason games are not available on ahl tv any highlights you're seeing are not coming from the platform 
Oh, oh, that's even better than I was thinking. Yes. So nice. Um, okay. Hopefully that quality works in, and it's definitely gonna be worth the seventy nine dollars because I'm getting the whole package. I want to watch games from, uh, you know, the San Jose Barracuda. You know, some. Yeah. Same. Out. Yeah. I I got the I sprung for the twenty extra bucks and got the. The whole league, because you're right. I mean, sometimes no hockey on NHL wise, no Bruins hockey on. Throw another game on. I mean, why not? Why not? I love watching all kinds of hockey while I sit at my desk and just writing articles. So it's big fun. And sometimes it's nice to not have, uh, how should I say, a dog in the fight. Yes. Because you can just watch it for the enjoyment of it's a game. Yep, absolutely. Um. Moving on to a, a subject that I'm very, very familiar with, and uh, and I'm, I'm actually really excited to see. Um, Zane McIntyre was placed on waivers with the purpose of uh, being sent down to Providence. Uh, he cleared waivers and is now uh, with the team. And we got to talk about the goalie t- tandem in Providence. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, you, you got McIntyre and you got Dan Vladar, which I'm I'm so pumped to see a full season of Vladar at, at the AHL level because uh, his his short time I believe it was uh, 12 games uh, had a 6-2 in record had some had good goals against and a, and a really good save percentage uh, in his short um, you know time frame when he was with the club making appearances in coverage situations because. Uh, you know, Anton Hudobin would get injured or McIntyre would go up and this and that. It all fluctuated down to the East Coast Hockey League and, and they had to facilitate um, a roster spot up at the AHL. So when he did get time up there, Vladar was just really shine for me. And I know it's a small sample size, but it's good, good to see what he can do with a better structured team in front of him. So um, I, I think that McIntyre will add McIntyre is a hard worker, no doubt, and I'm not I'm not knocking him at all, but I just think that his time with the organization is coming to an end. But he's the type of player that takes that and rolls with it and makes everything seem um, positive. So what I think that McIntyre will do to a player like uh, Vladar is is be that tandem and but be that experienced guy uh, for anything that he that Vladar needs to talk about, needs to work on. You know, you know they're going to be rooming together, so it, it, it's 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 a very positive thing. But my thing on McIntyre, and I wrote an article on BlackAndGoldHockey.com about it, is is McIntyre clears waivers, but what is his future in the Bruins organization? Yeah, because to, to to add on to what you're saying, you know, when he first came into the league, like when we first started seeing him down in Providence, you looked at his ceiling after that first season, and you thought, wow, this you know, maybe we got something here. Maybe we, you know, struck gold. But ever since then, it's just kind of plateaued. And I hate to say it, but I think he's more of like a AHL guy. I don't think his future is in the NHL. My my thing, Josh, was was his first year. I wasn't very impressed at all because he was he was working with uh, Malcolm Subban at that time. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And he didn't have great numbers, and I I was on the fence with him. But I want to say I did wait. Until I until I had a really good full of uh, year evaluation, but his second year, that's when he really stood out. His coming out party saying that, "Hey, I am a valuable prospect in this uh, Bruins organization," and um, I believe he was like one of the best, or if not the best, goaltender in the league that year. Yep. So, 
you know, there's, there's things that he can work on to be better, but he's another one like JFK, like I might have said earlier. He might have a better opportunity at NHL success with another club. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So in my article, I kind of broke down, I believe it was three scenarios that, that could happen. Uh, one is he stays with the Providence Bruins and, and, be, and, and does that mentorship to Vladar and works hard and, and be, you know, he's a teammate. But what happens after that? And I, I mentioned something that he could be, you know, traded and get something back because believe it or not, and people don't understand this, a lot of folks think that, you know, he's, he's only been with the club for a couple of years, but technically he's been Bruins property for almost nine years. Yeah, he yeah, drafted, yeah. He was drafted in 2010, so. Yep. Yeah, I know when you when you brought that up on Twitter, I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. I didn't even realize it was that long. But you're right, to draft in 2010, so, and so, then so if 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 the Bruins wanted to, they could move him to facilitate his dreams of reaching in the NHL on on a constant you know level. But it, you can get something back. You can get a late round pick for him, and it'll still be okay. Um, the other thing is is they. He does have restricted free agent rights after this year, but he could also express to the team that he does not want to continue with the Bruins organization, and that's fine because what is that? you know he wants to move on to another team and have NHL success, much like Matt Benning did. Matt Benning was a defenseman at Northeastern, and and he saw the defensive depth in front of him: Charlie McAvoy, Yakuzboro, um, Lauzon. And said, I can't compete with this. So he went to Bruins management and said, listen, I, I kind of want to terminate our relationship. I want to part. I want to, you know, walk away from this so I can have a, a potential future and not be that, you know, career AHLer. And, and he went on to go to, I believe, uh, Edmonton and, and if I'm not mistaken, Vancouver. But it does happen. Teams. Teams and, and players do come together and say, listen, it's not working out. I don't see myself in your future. You know, let's move on. And so that could happen, too. The which, third, wouldn't, which wouldn't be horrible. No, no, absolutely not, because it works for both sides. Yep. And another thing that works for both sides is they, they just come to the end and they mutually just walk away and, and nothing comes back in return. But what, what did happen in the last year is you gave that valuable tutelage to Vladar, who's growing. He's a 20-year-old, 20, 20 21-year-old. You know, he's going to need that experience. And, and Zane's not getting any younger at 26, turning, you know, he just turned 26 uh, in August. So, you know, things, things just happen. But when you come down to the tandem th this year, it's, it's almost like they're the NHL level when, when the Bruins went out and signed uh, Yaroslav Halak. Me personally, on paper right now, I believe that this could, that NHL could be the best goaltending tandem at that level. But if you come down to the Providence Bruins and the American Hockey League, I think that this could be the best goaltending tandem in the American Hockey League, and that is not a bad thing to happen. Absolutely, especially if you wanted to have a deep playoff run where you get a lot of these kids' significant experience, not only for length of playing time, so you're basically extending your season, but also giving them playoff experience because, I mean, it's it's translatable. It might be the American Hockey League playoffs, but... There's no shortage of pressure. There's no shortage of expectations. There's no shortage of you've got to show up and do your work. You're playing for pride. You're playing for your team. You're playing for a spot probably next year on the big club. So 
it would be good to have a nice deep playoff run. And you're right, a goalie tandem tandem would absolutely go to facilitate that and probably secure that kind of run that we're looking for that we didn't get last year when they got hammered by uh, Lehigh Valley. Yeah, yeah. And and now that uh, Jordan Bennington has been sent back to his uh, St. Louis Blues organization, and uh, I believe he reported to the new AHL uh, franchise of the, the Blues, the San Antonio Rampage, um, it just created a spot for, 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 for the artists seemingly get right in there and really get to work. And the, 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 when you talk about Vladar, it, it, you listen to Jamie Langenberg, you listen to Mike Dunham, you listen to Bob Asenza, they all say that he has, he's a bright kid. You know, nothing, nothing bothers him. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always fun with, uh, with his teammates. Um, I, I just, I really think that this, he's a, a serious prodigy that the Bruins are really going to aggressively develop. I want to say, I mean, his NHL, even as a backup, is going to be about two or three years away. I know his entry-level deal might be two more years, uh, maybe one more year. I'm not really sure. Um, I do have Cat Friendly up right now, and I'll give it a, a look-see. But regardless of how long he's going to be here, it's going to be uh, basically on how long um, Tuka Rask is and, and if he fulfills his whole, um, you know, his whole contract. Yeah, it looks like uh, Dan Vladar signed ni- uh, through nineteen twenty for his ELC, but he, yeah, exactly. So he could absolutely. I wouldn't surprise be surprised if they gave him another ELC style extension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would probably do it like they did with McIntyre. It would be a two way, which which down at the AHL level, I mean, he'd still be making. Uh, I believe it was two hundred fifty thousand. Oh wow! I thought it was around like seventy thousand. No, that's, yeah, that's 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 entry level. He won't, oh. he won't be entry level after that. He'll be he'll be a, gotcha. a signed contract pro. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at the minor salary here, and I'm like, that says seventy thousand. But you're right; it's not going to be an ELC anymore. Right. So things are looking good down in Providence. I'm, I'm wicked pumped to watch and and even go down and watch the games uh, live to see this goaltending tandem because I'm a former goaltender, as you know. I believe the wife of Salmon is a goaltender. Yes, she is. Yeah, we just, she actually just got some uh, new gear over the past couple of weeks. Um, she upgraded some old, some, like her first real set of pads. Now she's moving on. To, she's graduated actually to the. Uh, she's got some nice Warrior G3s. She's got the Warrior G3 blocker and everything. Kind of, kind of going for that uh, that Warrior motif. She really seems to like. I don't know. Just the I guess the flexibility, the fit, the comfort level. Um, then the last thing she wants to do is upgrade the current glove to a G3 glove because closure is supposed to be a lot better than the one that she's using right now. So yeah, in fact, we're actually going um, probably after we finish up here. We're going to start wrapping up, packing our bags, and going down to a skate somewhere. I think in Bridgewater. All right, you got to be honest with me. Shoot. I'm going to get a little personal. Okay. Does she stonewall you? Nope. Uh, short <laughs> short side high is my favorite <laughs> spot to shoot. You're so mean. <laughs> ask, yeah, ask me how I know that. <laughs> oh, I, I had to. I was hoping she'd be like, oh, yeah, she's really good. <laughs> no, honestly, in the past, like, three or four months she's gotten significantly better i mean there'll be times where i'm just catching rebounds and throwing them right back at her and just bouncing right off so 
I would say that uh, with experience, with time rather, uh, experience has come. So I think it'll be pretty soon that I'll have to really start sweating trying to figure out how to solve her. Well, that's awesome. You guys are young enough to really enjoy it and, and get oh, better, yeah. and get better at the craft. So um, absolutely, kudos to you guys and, and best of luck. So. And it's cool because whenever we go down to Providence and um, or when we do like the season ticket holder events, she's always asking, you know, Vladar or McIntyre or Bennington, hey, how do you how do you do this? How do you wrap your this that way? And how do you tie in this way? So she's always kind of figuring out new angles to try to see if uh, she can improve her own craft. So not only is she uh, improving on the ice, but she's improving as she kind of thinks the game. That's really cool. Act like a sponge. Act like a sponge. Yep. Soak it yep. all in. Exactly. Uh, getting back to the prospect talks, um, how, how 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 did you feel about Sudanika being sent back to the o, um, OHL, Oshawa Generals? <laughs> Honestly, Mark, I called this uh, back in development camp. In fact, funny story, true story. And remember how you had your uh, issues with Bucatch and uh, Pare. So I, I had a small little... I guess faux pas, but um, I was talking to Studnika, and for whatever reason, the two of us just just did not seem to be kind of like we didn't seem to. It was it wasn't a good conversation. Let's just put it that way. I, I don't know why, but maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe I was having a bad day, and maybe uh, by a Freudian slip at the end of our conversation, which was very short, I was I said to him, "Have a good season in Oshawa." Oh. <laughs> what did he do? Nothing. Did he didn't even give you the dirty look. Um, I mean, I think he was already giving me a dirty look. If <laughs> he was giving me a, a new dirty look, so yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's it's a funny story to tell. But yeah, that was a <laughs> that was interesting. But you know, I know he's not ready yet. When you look at his shot quality and his shot selection, it leaves a little bit to be desired. He's got the rest of the game down pat, but he absolutely doesn't have the. I guess the NHL caliber shot yet. And that'll come in time because he's, if you, you know, he's one of the youngest guys out there and he's already probably surpassing JFK. And I'm surprised that he got sent back before JFK did, to be honest. But he's got it. He's definitely got it. And I think, bold prediction, I think he's our number one center of the future, say, a couple of years, like not a couple of years, but, you know, down the road. I think he's going to be the one that takes over, and I think he's going to take it and run with it and do a damn good job of it. Absolutely, and and this is not a, and for those people that pencil them in right away to be that third line center, <laughs> you know opinions vary, and I respect that. But when you watch the games like we do, we we watch these prospects constantly. We we spend the money to get, um, you know, AHL TV and all these kind of outlets that that we have accessibility to watch online. And, and I just, as a 19-year-old and eligible to go back to the Ontario Hockey League, that's where I wanted to see him go. Because you know me, I'm always about further development. Yep. You know, he, he's going to go down to Oshawa, be positive. We are going to talk about him in a little, little while about what he did in his return. But on the topic right now, I just think that he, like you said, he needs further development, build a little bit more size, work on that shot, and, 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 and get all those attributes back up to, you know, well, not back up, but, you know, a little further to uh, to an NHL caliber type player. And then 
who knows? I mean, he will be eligible for the AH American Hockey League next season. Depends on where the Bruins put him. If they see him wanting to get a year, one more year of development down there, then that's fine. Or, like I said, when, when you look at roster depth and so on, if somebody happens to leave that center depth, he could seamlessly fit right in there too. You know, it might go to Frederick, but you also have options too uh, with the Corrali, uh, you know, um, I think he's on his last year. No, I think he just got re-upped. All right, so he's got two more years. So, you know, you never know where it's going to fit. But Sure, I, I just, injury call-ups. Injury yeah. call-ups. Yeah, I just, think, I just think that this is really good for him, and it's not a downfall on his development. I, I hate when people do that. Just because he yeah. gets sent back to a lower league, it doesn't – it, it it doesn't his his development doesn't stall and the player's junk and he's a bust. It's I hate when people do that, but I, I'm gonna see some very positive things in his game, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to watching many many uh, Oshawa uh, Generals games this season. I'm gonna be paying a lot more close attention to that as well because yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I wish uh, I wish the OHL was following in the AHL's footsteps. I know they'll probably do that in the future, but. I wish they were doing it because it's uh, a lot more expensive now than the AHL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's people up there that I talk to on a regular basis. Um, my friend Guy Fleming, he's, uh, he covers the Western Hockey League and the CHL for um, uh, his prospect uh, show. Um, I forget what it's called now. But um, he mentioned that the WHL and the CHL are on their last year with that company, New Leon, so they might go to – uh, hockey tech and say hey what can you do for us so you yep. might have to deal with this um, one more year so um, moving on to our last topic before we get to the uh, the prospects that are um, in around North America uh, possible kids being sent down to Providence um, after this training camp who do you see coming down obviously JFK and you know yep yep I mean uh, I I there's a there's there's yeah oh man this is a tough topic because first of all the Bruins haven't announced anything today and usually they do that around twelve yeah you got to get to that twenty three man roster before I yep, think it's forty eight yep. hours before the season starts yep and uh, my guy up in Quebec hasn't told me anything about people being put on waivers so there's nothing new on the waiver wire today okay. but please tell me you don't you don't you don't do Bavic do you. No, 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 no. It's a completely different guy. He's from Quebec, but he works for the league offices. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> no, Bavik's uh, yeah, not he's, to he's speak disparagingly of, of people, but yes, that's a that's a great term for him. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's nothing coming down today yet. I mean, by the time that you guys finish your podcast, you know, in the main show, you might have something, new, to, write about. something to write about. Yeah, exactly. But... I mean, you might, you might see, honestly, Donato going down. I could see Donato taking a few games at the AHL level to kind of like a little wake up slap. Just he was not good yesterday. And that's, and it's not an overreaction to say he's going to go down to the AHL for a little while. That's why he's got a two way contract. That's why he's got. He's not, you know, signed to a great deal right out of Harvard. Like, he's a good kid, and he's probably going to be a great scoring threat for us in the future. But Anders Bjork yesterday showed that he is ready to get back into the NHL. So I think the odd man out, 
might be Ryan Donato. Ryan Donato might start the season in Providence. He might need a, he might need a, a half a season. He might need ten games. He might. I don't know, Mark. I really don't know. But I could really see him going down there after yesterday. There was that was just not a good performance. So yeah, he's my uh, he's my. I guess hot take pick to be sent down there. Yeah, I, I saw something in Bjork too, uh, which I didn't really, you know, expect because of his time. I know he's been skating. I know he's been doing one on ones, but not really like team oriented, you know, full practices where he where he can be able to be hit and so on. So this was like really his first time this season to get out in the ice and and you know he he brought it. I mean you know. Not not on the scoreboard or anything like that, but I think he got real physical. He was real hard on the puck, and uh, he skated strong with the puck, especially when he was uh, pinned against the boards. I thought his his footwork and his sit work while being while being covered was really impressive, and th- and that's an addictive of of um of how much weight he's put on, and it might not even be just weight; it might be muscle weight. So this this the good things to see from him remains to be seen. What's going on? Um, I. It, I would hate to see Donato and Bjork get sent down uh, for uh, a player like Lee Sepniak or or or, or Daniel Winnick. Not a fan of the, I'm not a fan of the old guys. Um, not I agree with you, but at the same time, I could see them giving Stempniak a vet minimum contract as depth. Right. And I I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't like it, but I wouldn't hate it either. I mean, it's a uh, it's a business, and they if they see that Stempniak's performing better than the kids are, it's, it's, you know, I mean, Bruce Cassidy has gone on record. I think he went on record yesterday as saying that, you know, the kids, what I took from it was that the kids' spots aren't secured. They need to keep working at that. So if they don't step up, he might just have to go to a standby. And, and I saw this joke on, on Twitter. Uh-oh. Uh, it, yeah, it was really good. You, you know I'm working something up. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, the Bruins will probably end up releasing Sepniak and trading the second pick for him at the trade deadline. Oh God! Yep, I saw that. Yep. <laughs> I had I had to laugh. I'm like, oh, that's good. Familiar too. <laughs> All right. Um, Jesus, we we are almost at an hour. Um, that really flew by. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the the um, the prospects in the uh, the junior leagues. So starting with. Um, Jack Sunika and the Oshawa Generals in the Ontario Hockey League. In two games played since uh, being returned from the NHL Bruins training camp, Jack has had an assist in his first game of the 2018-19 OHL season on the road Thursday night, September 27th, in a 7-2 Generals victory over the North Bay Battalion at the North Bay Memorial Gardens. Um, on Friday night, the Generals were again on the road where they traveled to Sudbury, to take on the Sudbury Wolves, Stonika seemed to, to be a target that night and got really banged up in his second game of the season. Even though he was a it was a rough game for the second round pick in 2017, uh, he got his first goal of the year on the power play with a with a slap shot between the circles. I mean, a rocket, and um, and you know, it, it got it, that goal was in the first period. The Gens would go on to um, to lose the game five to two against Sudbury. I mean that was that was just, I mean he was getting hit high, he was getting hit low. I mean there were times that he was get he got hit, and the the trainer was like almost on the ice, like ready to come out, but he got up <laughs> and skated it off. Yeah. So, um, uh, goaltender 
and Bruins prospect Kyle Kieser has not seen any action in the three games so far this season. I was going to ask you about that, Mark. Do you know anything more, say, than, you know, common knowledge? Well, what I did was I reached out to um, a fantastic Twitter follow, and, and this guy is really, really on top of his game when it comes to Oshawa Generals news and updates and game. game um, but he's uh, on Twitter. It's at Generals Updates, and I suggest you really follow him for Kyle Kieser and uh, Jack Sinica updates. Fantastic follow. Really good. Um, I talked to him back and forth to get information. Uh, nobody from the team ever responds to me, but this guy seems to have a little bit of uh, the inside stuff, so that's my go-to. Uh, but he says that um, he has a, uh, he's nursing a minor injury and uh, might have aggravated something during Bruins training camp, and that's probably why he's not in any of these games. So that's, that's pretty much the update that I got from... Um, from that person up there. Uh, the, the Gens are one and two so far in the season and play their first home game, home game of the year today, September 30th against the North Bay Battalion. And the rest of the week they play on Friday, October 5th against Hamilton and Saturday, October 6th against Owen Sound. Um, staying in the Ontario Hockey League, uh, Daniel Bukash, the big 6'6", 201-pound defenseman, has played in all four games for the Ice Dog so far this season after being returned from NHL Bruins training camp. He has one assist so far this year and got a helper in a 3-1 win over the Kingston Frontenacs on Saturday, September 28th, uh, home at the Meridian Center in Niagara, Ontario. In those four games played thus far, uh, Wow, I'm terrible at writing. <laughs> Bukash, has, <laughs> Bukash has played well. He's actually played very well in his, uh, in, with his new team since leaving the WHL's Brandon Wheat Kings to commit to further development with the Niagara Club in the OHL. He has eight shots on goal and is a plus four in, uh, in those four games. Uh, the Ice Dogs get back to work this week with two games, one at home Thursday, October 4th against Sudbury and finish the week on the road against Mississauga on Friday, October 5th. The Ice Dogs are 3-1 and one in the season so far and are first place in the OHL's Central Division. Uh, jumping over to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Cedric Paré, um, uh, since being returned to the queue from the Bruins training camp, has played as a point-per-game pace with four points in four games. He had three assists in a game on Saturday, September 23rd against Victoriaville Tigers. Oh, the, the, yep, Victoriaville Tigers. Okay. And um, had an assist in a 5-2 loss against the Ruin Naranda Huskies on Saturday, September 29th. Rim, uh, Rimouski Oceanic got 2-2 two two on the season so far, and the upcoming schedule has them playing at home on Wednesday night, October 3rd against Charlottetown, and finishing the week on the road Friday, October 5th against Drummondville. And... The last but not least uh, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, he has not played a game so far, but i got to mention him. Jakob Lelko is now a member of the Ruin Noranda Huskies of the Q after having a very successful training camp with the Bruins instead of sending him back to the Czech Republic Junior Club. The 18-year-old forward was assigned to Ruin Noranda Club, a team that held his rights since the Canadian Hockey League import draft in 2017, where he was selected 
107th overall in the second round. The Huskies have three games coming up this week on Wednesday, starting on Wednesday, October 3rd, on the road against Valdor, home on Friday, October 5th against Victorville, and rounding the week off a home game against uh, the Quebec Ramparts. Falco, a third-round selection in the 2018 NHL Entry Draft, should get at least one, if not all, games this upcoming week for his new Huskies team. I am so looking forward to watching um, Lauco play for the Huskies. What I'm not looking forward to is he's playing for a team that speaks French. So yeah. <laughs> I, think the only, I think the only word or name I'm going to understand is when he touches the puck and goes, and the, and the guy goes Lauco. Then I'll pay attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't blame you. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Q in general. I mean, I love – as a personal anecdote, I love the Ramuski Oceanic. I love that team. I love the Ruin Durant Huskies. My favorite's the Blainville Boisbriand Armada. But I'm so happy that they're kind of close by and that they're easier to watch now. Because if they if, if Lauka went back to Europe, it'd be harder to keep track of him. But so thrilled to see him develop a lot closer to home. And he's going to get, like you were saying about um, Erho Bakanainen, he's going to get that practice on the smaller ice surface and he's going to be playing against better competition in fact he told me what in buffalo we were talking and um he's incredibly fast as we all know but i'm almost wondering if he looks faster just because of the competition that he plays against because he literally used the words old men to describe some of the people that he was playing against so i uh I think this will be good that he's going to be playing against his peers and that he'll be kind of maybe getting a sense of how fast he actually is. Yeah. Like actually. And it'll be, it'll be good. It's going to be a better level of competition than if he went back to Europe. And for all the people who are saying he'd do better in Europe, because there's a couple of, you know, Bruins groups that I'm a part of that are saying, oh, he should go back to Europe and then it'll be better suited to go develop back over there. And no, that's not true. He's going to develop a lot better if he's over here learning the North America ice, dealing with people his own age with probably a very similar skill set and a very similar compete level to his own. That's going to make him better. In, in my opinion, and, and to follow up on that, um, what I don't like about him going to the New Randa Huskies, um, and I butchered that, I always do, <laughs> um, is the fact is that that CHL agreement rule is in yep. effect. Yep. So he's 18 years old, and he cannot go to the American Hockey League until he's 20. But here's, here's the thing, is if you are a European skater and you come and play over in the CHL, Yes, that that rule applies, but because you're a European skater, you can come out and work out an agreement from the team. So Lauko could technically play a full season uh, with the Huskies uh, club. And if the Bruins say, listen, we need to move this kid up the next level because he's progressing so well, they would have to work out an agreement to loan him to the American Hockey League. That agreement can also be done with a player like Jack Sudiga. But in my personal opinion, I don't think the Oshawa Generals would do that because of what happens with revenue. Having Jack Sudiga on the team sells jerseys, sells, and, and everything. Oh, so, yeah. And, 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 
cash cow. Right. And, and I, I know I've talked to you about this whole agreement. What this, and people don't understand it's a, it's a league. And, and, to, and to have sustainability in this league, you need rules like this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the CHL isn't – they are popular, but they're not you know, a lot of money. So have, they don't have a lot of money to like you – know, not like the NHL or the AHL or anything like that. But they do have fan support, which is awesome. But having a player stick around for a couple of years is good for them uh, when it comes to like jersey sales and you know and, and team team stuff. Sure. Yeah, and I understand why they do it. So yeah. I mean, you're absolutely too. right. So it, it, it's just good. I mean, so many people reach out to me and say, "Oh, the the next CBA, they should drop that. The, the kids should not be you know stuck in stuck in a certain league." Well, it, if you don't have those leagues. You don't get proper development. You're not going to get exactly. players in the draft like that. So it all works hand in hand. And the common goal is to properly develop. But not only that, is to also keep the league alive. So with that being said, do you have anything else, sir? Uh, what about that audio from uh, Jack Studnika? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll add that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> I'll add that when I do the uh, the the editing, but yeah, I totally forgot. Uh, you know that I mean. Uh, do you want to talk about Jesse Gabrielle or leave that oh, for another week? Oh yeah, yeah, we gotta talk about Jesse Gabriel. <laughs> All right, um, I have to, I have to pull it up because I I was I was rushed on my on my notes today, <laughs> so let me get uh, Mark Diver's Twitter account up. And scroll down to his article that he wrote after day one of uh, Providence Bruins training camp. And uh, it was very interesting to, to read. And, um, and I took a lot out of it that might be negative uh, to most. But there's something going on with this particular prospect. And, and I, I want to talk about it. And I don't care who likes it and who doesn't. But um, there's something going on that I'm not I'm not really um, enthused about. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. But Jesse Gabriel was not invited to uh, development camp. We we both looked at each other and said, "Geez, where is he?" Um, and and he was not invited to rookie camp, and he was not invited to NHL training camp. Um, but he was told by Bruins management to just go to Providence and report to their camp. So, um, Mark Diva asked him, you know, was he given a reason about why he wasn't invited? And he said, no, they didn't tell me why. I got a text a couple days before camp, and they said, be in Providence. Um, that, that's not enough for me. I think that there's something else going on. Um, you know, when, 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 when Mark Diva reached out to uh, GM Don Sweeney, uh, he basically flat out said, we're going to have him start in Providence. You know, I don't know if that's because he's a he's a graduate of the of the, you know, entry level contract players. But. Um, I just I don't know, I, I. You look at that whole situation and you start to think, let's start reading between the lines here, because. At one point, he was very highly touted. He was talked about very favorably. 
And then all of a sudden, it, it it's like night and day. It's like there was a switch thrown and poof. Yeah. Everything changed almost overnight. Yeah. And I've heard from talking to people about this, and and they, and, you know, I I can't go on the record with names, mm-hmm. but I heard that he was complaining about his ice time, and and quite often sending possible text messages to to Jay Leach last season, um, you know, back, uh, multiple times a day, asking when he's going to get more ice time. And it, I think it got to a point that this person said that, Jay, uh, you know, Jay Leach had to call Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney came down and kind of tried to set the situation uh, straight. And uh, it did not. It did not go straight. It was actually a very verbal um, conversation where both parties were back and forth at each other. And the next best thing was to uh, eliminate him from the situation. Um, so it just kind of brings me to the feeling that this kid's got a bad attitude and, and the Bruins just don't want him around at this certain time. And I think mm-hmm. that him going to Providence and doing their training camp is the next best thing to keep him away from, from certain people. Who knows? And, and you know, please, I mean, this is not fact. I mean, I wouldn't report it if it wasn't, but I'm hearing a lot of things from some very, very reputable people that I rub elbows with on a constant basis. So, um, and the fact is that if the Bruins are really that pissed off about his actions in previous last season, I mean, him, him being a highly touted prospect and only putting in one point uh, in his second to last game before going to, to – um, Regina of the WHL, uh, you know, in 21 games, having one point. I don't know if that was that was the situation that he wasn't producing enough to move him that far. I think that if he wasn't producing enough, he could have gone down to the to the Atlanta Gladiators, which I believe is is also a possibility if he doesn't smarten up. So camp camp still goes on, um, and you know, like 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 you said, the the games are starting next weekend. So um, it remains to be seen if he's going to be in that lineup or he's going he's to be in the East Coast Hockey League or the, uh, the team just uh, parts ways. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going on, but I will definitely be up on this, on this news and, uh, yeah. and, and report it accordingly. But Keeping yeah, our ears yeah. to the ground. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you hear something from people, I mean, this, is, this isn't just a fan that, that reached out to me on Twitter and says, oh, blah, 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 blah. This is at, it's the people that are close to the team. Mm-hmm. And and he, I I have to take that as you know, you do take everything for a grain of salt because it's a rumor regardless. But when you hear it from a reputable person, it's news. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it comes from Joe Schmo. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a huge Jesse Gabriel fan on the ice. That kid has got wheels. He's got great hands. He's got determination to to chase pucks down, uh, be an agitator on on the on the um, on the forecheck. Um, and, he, and, I mean, this kid is, is, is a possible 30-goal scorer. I mean, he, he could do 30-30 in the American Hockey League with Providence. Uh, he definitely has the talent, but I just want to see his head be there with everything else involved in his professional career uh, to get back on track. I, I'm pulling for him. And, and me bringing this up, and, and Mark Diver bringing this up when he wrote it um, on his uh, personal blog, uh, Rinkside, Rhode Island, which I, I suggest you guys follow. It's a great read. He 
He's also a writer for the Providence Journal. He's, he's fantastic. We are going to try to have him on here. Me and uh, Josh are going to interview him sometime this upcoming season to get you know, professional updates um, from a, a higher pay grade than us. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not trashing him. I, 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 I like him. I really want to see him do well. So this is not, a, uh, you know, don't come at me and just say you, you hate the player. No, I don't. No, 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 absolutely. We, we, we both see valuable assets and attributes that this kid can, can, um, can show to everybody, fans, Bruins brass, and, and maybe other teams interested. So, I think the way that we kind of approach things is we won't knock a player unless there's merit to it. And even at that, I mean, we're pretty we we cut it pretty straight when it comes to we try to exude the positive characteristics of somebody and try to bring that up more than the negatives, but Absolutely. if is negative if there's negatives there, I mean, you can't exact you can't ignore that as well. If you see a, if we see a player that's going to be like Sean Avery, we are calling that mofo out. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, that so, name. Oh, that I name know. is a bad one to leave off on. Anyways, Mark, great first show, and uh, yeah, I mean, here, here's Here's to another season. I'm really looking forward to next week already. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, everybody, please, please do me a favor and follow this man, Josh Bemis. He is on Twitter at Two Causeway. Um, still writing for the Sinbin uh, Bruins. Yeah, I. I'd say, yeah, definitely. Um, but definitely give him a follow on his, uh, <laughs> his uh, shippinguptocauseway.com website. Uh, it's, it's another great read, and um, he does the um, all kinds of updates, uh, especially uh, weekend reports, which are really good. He gets all three games into one article and puts it out there. So definitely follow Josh. Uh, Josh, thank you so much. Um, I will definitely get with you during the week. We'll talk about um, topics to discuss next week. And, definitely. And even better, we're going to be talking about American Hockey League games. So Absolutely, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Cannot wait. It's it's all starting finally. It's uh, finally here. I'm so excited. All right, you two crazy cats have fun on the ice today, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.